tren estaba de bote en bote, la gente loca de la emoción. En el ring luchaban los cuatro rudos, ídolos de la afición. La arena estaba de bote en bote, la gente loca de la emoción. En el ring luchaban los cuatro rudos, ídolos de la afición. El santo, el cavernario, Rudemon y el bulldog. El santo, el cavernario, Rudemon y el bulldog. Y la gente comenzaba a gritar. Se escuchaba en ardecina sin cesar. Métele la Wilson, métele la Nelson, la quebradora y el tirabuzón. Aplícale el candado, pícale los ojos, cálale los pelos, sácalo del ring. Métele la Wilson, métele la Nelson, la quebradora y el tirabuzón. Aplícale el candado, pícale los ojos. Lucha World, episode number 57. Crack the eggs into the frying pan. Separate the white albumen. That reveals itself as the great philosopher, the great physicist, and will now glorify the world. And when man goes into the next realm, he will be plagued by the giant chicken that was eaten as an egg and peck the spirit of the hunter to death. That was for Mark Cole. <laughs> he wanted me to talk about eggs. About eggs? Tonight, so <laughs> I don't think you want to talk, you I, to talk I, about I eggs like that. that. I figured there's some reference that I forgot. But Kurt, wait, before we continue, we got some breaking news. Oh my god, what is it? Kurt, you gotta, are you sitting? Wait, wait, let me get relaxed. Yeah, okay. Let me take... We got to announce the... my shoes off. We, we got just like... Whoa, 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 whoa. This is something intense, right? Yes. We got some breaking news. Hold on. Let me get... Loot. Let me get... Wait, wait, before you... Let me get my bag. You're dropping all your stuff. I know. Wait. I, I got... I want to take a Xanax. Lucha... The, wait, wait, wait. Let me tell you. The Lucha Libre World Cup, they announced the Team TNA uh, participants. Are you are you ready to... Oh, my it? God. Wait, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Do you even no, know... No, no, no. Let me guess. Let me guess. The TNA... This must mean that finally, after all these years, Sika and Vanessa Del Rio are going to team up again. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. When, when's the last time you watched TNA? Uh, when it was still a pay-per-view. It wasn't that, like, when they had the Luchadors or that one show that they... No, I watched one of them when... Yeah. Uh, when uh, I think Ultimo Guerrero. Ultimo Guerrero and yeah. Guerrero was there. Yeah, yeah. That was the last time I watched. Yeah. <laughs> I remember because that what was that like 2005 probably. Probably. <laughs> um, I remember I gave it a, I, I, once in a while I would give it a spin and I could never get through it. Okay, I'm going to name the names of the th- team TNA and I want to know if you've ever heard of them. Okay. Um, the first member is Ethan Carter the third. Ethan Carter the third. EC3. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Was that uh, the bad guy in the Billy Madison movie who was trying to take over his dad's <laughs> company? Um, the second guy, Tyrus. Who who AAA t- named Cyrus, <laughs> which I'm sure they'll correct it. Uh, they probably corrected it before the we did this podcast. Well, I think he. I think he. he Do you know who that is? Tyrus Cyrus. No, I don't know who. Tyrus. That is. Okay, and the third guy, Eli Drake. Do you know who that is? I have no idea. Okay, so I'm old. Well, Ethan Carter third. You might have seen in. Uh, actually, I don't think you might have seen him in WWE when he wrestled under a different name. So, and I can't even remember his name in WWE. Um, mm. Tyrus was Brodus Clay. 
Okay, I do remember that. Yeah. I think that was the last time I watched any significant amount of WWE. WWE. And Eli Drake. Oh, God. Xanax. E- Eli Drake mm. was one of the, was Brian Cage's tag partner in um, La Migra. Remember the, that, I think it was the, that, that Border Patrol tag oh, team? Oh, yes, yes. You might have seen them on, on, on Todo Por Es Todo and all that stuff. I, I didn't see on them. Lucha, I on Lucha, on Lucha shows, I think, PWR and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. might have, you might have seen that. So they are the latest participants in the Lucha Libre World Cup. I had to break the news on this podcast. Oh, man. And the other news, Sombra got a new name. Oh, dear. Oh, it's, dear. It's, it, okay. And you know, the only thing... The only... Not, wait, wait, let me guess. Let me guess. It's El Gallo Rojo. No, it's actually... Well, he was Manny Andrade, which I think is his real name. Right. <laughs> they, they skipped out the... They take out... Well, you know, Mexicans, we have lot, like a lot of names in, in our names. <laughs> yeah, the mother's name. Yeah, name, yeah, yeah. We have everything. Name. Yes, yes. And then like an extra in there, you know. The village priest's yes, name. The third and the junior and the whatever. So um, we'll throw Rob Halford into there. Like uh, Judas Priest name. His, his new name is Andrade Cien Almas. Now, that sounds sophisticated. I like the Cien Almas part of it. That's pretty cool, yeah. actually. Yeah, for a luchador, that would be a pretty good name. <clears throat> kind of like a Cien Caras type of feel yeah, to it. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah. So, he's got a new name. I don't know if that's actually going to be his name, like, now, long term. I was going to say, if they're using the new I name, that, are they changing it because he's going to have a bigger presence? Maybe he's going to move up into the actual televised NXT shows. Which will mean I will start watching them. Where will you watch them? On the network? Uh, the Hulu or the oh, you have whatever Hulu? it is. Yeah, we have some. Yeah, Hulu. You know, I'm 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 like that cra- the crazy old man who, when I was a kid, uh, the crazy old man was trying to figure out how to use the remote control to change from channel two to three to yeah. four. Uh, I'm gonna be trying to find how to go from YouTube to Hulu to uh, Netflix and whatever. Yeah. So he's now changed his name. That's the other news of today. <laughs> Actually, we should probably talk about the Lucha. I, I was going to talk about Ingobernab- the Ingobernables breakup first, but we should just run down the, the Lucha Libre World Cup teams that okay. they've announced because they haven't announced all of them. Uh-huh. They've kind of par- they've only they, they kind of partially announced teams. Like for some teams, they actually partially announced some. Like Rey Mysterio is like in a team. He's on Team Mexico International, and it's basically just him so far that they've announced. Mm-hmm. I think they're announcing a guy like a person or a team on a daily basis. Which I guess, I mean, interesting. You know, it's it's AAA. So, <laughs> um, Team Japan. They have Team Japan. The Noah team is um, Taiji Shimori, Naomichi Marufuji, and uh, Maybach Ta- Taniguchi. I probably mispronounced all those names. You know, whatever. <laughs> That's okay. I think I think I, mispr- I think the key to mispronouncing names is that if you think you, it sounds right, it's good enough. You know, <laughs> go with it. Uh, Especially over Japanese or Spanish names, I hear I hear people butcher Spanish names all the time on podcasts. Yeah. I think like, you did. Sound like you. Did yeah, pretty good though. Okay, Team Japan is zero, the other Team Japan. There's two Team Japans this time because I, you know, you need two Team Japans. You gotta give them a better odd of mm-hmm. odds of winning. Um, and actually, this this helped because they're on. Um, they're gonna air on Samurai TV. The Lucha Libre World Cup, Cup is gonna air on Samurai TV on I think June nineteenth. Um, team New J- Team Japan. This is the zero one team. Is Akebono, Ikuto Hidaka, 
and Masato Tanaka. I know I can't mispronounce Masato Tanaka. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will tell me, no, you did. So, yeah, whatever. Just go the Gord Soli route and call everybody Tatsumi Fujinaga. Yeah, and then there's Team Mexico AAA. Um, Psycho Clown won. Mm-hmm. It was a three-way match. Oh, wait, dear. Wait, it was a three-way match, but he wasn't in the three-way match. He showed up, and he decided to ask Maricela Pena to let him into the, the three-way uh-huh. match. So it became a four-way match. So um, so it's he's now in it. He's teaming with Hijos de Jano and Pentagon Jr. Uh-huh. They're another team. So t- that's Team Mexico AAA. Then there's Team Mexico Legends, which is Kanek, La Parca the AAA version, mm-hmm. and their third partner, which was announced, I think, yesterday, Blue Demon Jr. Oh, boy. The excitement of that team. I, I can't <laughs> wait to see that team face Team TNA for the exciting... My, uh, <laughs> the excitement in that match. <laughs> I mean, you know, my brother-in-law is really into Formula One racing. Uh-huh. Like, in the last year, he just got really into it. And he was watching an event. I, I, I think he said it was from Spain. Yeah. He says... One one of the drivers had Blue Demon Junior there. Yes, Blue Demon Junior was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did he say? Did he? Did you tell him? Oh, he sucks. <laughs> nah, nah, it, it, it it sounded too. Yeah, cool no, to and the master wrestling. Yeah, the, it's, I, when, it's when cool. He was, when he is starting to bring up Lucha and in the same realm of uh, Formula One racing, I thought he was going to say there was a driver wearing a Lucha mask because everybody does. You know, it's so weird. So many that, people wear Lucha masks. But there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of people in Formula One. They mm-hmm. like CML has done shows, um, private shows for for Formula One show. Um, you know, I guess racers and sponsors. Well, and, I remember that one race. Yeah, they actually, they actually yeah, they, they run. That was pretty they, cool, they, actually. Yeah, that was the, but they had a private show afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other teams they haven't announced. Um, what am the women's teams? I guess there's three, there's four teams that they're supposed to be. They've only announced three of them. Um, team Japan women, there's one team that has Aja Kong. Yuki Miyazaki and Samurai Natsu. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You got Aja Kong, right? Yeah. Um, actually, no, there's one team Japan uh, for the women. Team Canada for the women is um, this girl named Ali mm-hmm. Taya, the oh, triple A girl, mm-hmm. and Casey Spinelli. I think both those girls are um, um, Landstorm students. And Team Mexico is the Apache family. Fabi Apache, Mary Apache, and Lady Apache. Cream of the crop. I think Lady's just their was their mother in law, right, or something like that. I don't know. Or she? I don't think she was even involved with them for some reason. I keep thinking that there was no involvement with them, but then there's people telling me that they were like related. I so have no idea. Yeah. Well, I. How many different wrestlers has she been married to, Lady? Apache? That's the thing. Like I stopped because I know she was married to Brazo de Oro, right? Yes. The Brazo de Oro and Electroshock most recently also. I would love to. I would love to see that family tree. I'm not sure about Grand Apache, but I think she might have been at some point with him or something. You know, that's like like it's like Estrellita. <laughs> like just following on on um, on Twitter, you knew she was at one point with Puma. Yes, and then with Blue Panther Junior, and you also know she was with Cybernetico at some point. But it's like it's like I don't really like know anything. I would have turned to be married to Lady Apache. Well, this is Estrellita though. You want to? You want to turn? You want to turn with Estrellita too? I don't want Estrellita. I want Lady Apache. Oh, Serenita, Serenita, Serenita. Oh yeah, I I used to I I used to get to arguments with other wrestling fans in the early '90s because they all wanted Medusa and I wanted Serenita. They're going Serenita. I'm. You're like, who the hell's that? (laughs) No, they knew who she was. She just said, 
but Medusa's so hot. I'm saying, oh, Serenita has those strong legs. Yeah. Okay, Kurt, that's getting weird. But do you I know, know it is do, you, do you know the Team Canada women at all, besides Taya? Do they have legs like Serenita? <laughs> well, well, I know Taya, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. seen Taya. One of them's from TNA, the other one I think is an independent. Uh-huh. So that's 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 all I know about Lucha Libre World Cup 2016, the participants. And it'll be it sounds very exciting. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested to just see how the whole thing plays out. I, I'm curious to see what the other teams are, but it's like, I actually, I'm actually, you know, judging from the, the like some of the teams that they pick for the men. I mean, it's kind of like the women's teams kind of sound a little more interesting. Not the Canada team, but the other ones, the the Japan and the. The Mexico teams. Yes. Those sound interesting. I'm not sure what they're going to do for the USA team. I don't know if it's going to be a TNA or a Lucha Underground mix of women. That'll be interesting. Or it's indie women. I don't know. Um, but they're going to announce them probably in the upcoming days. Um, I guess we should talk about the the big news this past Friday. Uh-huh. Was the breakup of Los Ingobernables? Yes. Did you watch that show? Or you? I did not yeah. watch that show. I skipped it. I think most people skipped that show. <laughs> I was like, yeah. It's funny. Lately, a lot of us have been skipping the Friday shows. Yeah. Well, because they they've been headlining with Pierrot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And hey, you, you know that's a plus about me watching the Pueblo show. Pierrot hasn't been on there. Right. <laughs> well, you know it's kind of weird because um, it's the Ingobernables have this weird history where like if you take out all their trios matches. They're really not that great. The trios matches haven't been that enjoyable. Like, even when Sobra was there, they were always, like, just, like, beatdowns. Mm-hmm. But, like, when they would have, like, singles matches or, or tag matches, they were usually really fun. Yes. Because, I mean, I mean, I think I think the Ingobernables, the ideal situation for a good match would have been them feuding with, like, the, the technicals, like a mm-hmm. Sky Team or something like yes. that. But they were always feuding with either a mixed group of technicals and rudos. There's always like a brawl or and, a beatdown. And instead of being a cool trio... They, or they wouldn't even team up. They, it wasn't always all three of them. It was always like maybe two and a technical or, or, or one. Yeah, there was no rudos. consistency. Yeah. It wasn't It wasn't like, like Los Bucaneros. Or, it was like there was always... With the La Mascara, he was so clearly a third wheel in the group. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a shame because the gimmick is so cool. Yeah, and you know, and they had two really cool workers with yeah. La Sombra and, um, and Rush... And, and and really that that group really caught on when when Sombra got hot when he was getting into that feud with um, Atlantis for the mess. Yes, because I mean prior to that I don't think it was as hot. I mean it was basically Rush that was carrying the whole the whole gimmick because people actually were were saying hey those guys are cool because of Rush. Mm-hmm. And then Sombra got Sombra kind of started warming up to being a Rudo, and that's when it got it really got hot. And La Mascara was like, ah, he's he never really was as into it. He never it. stuck out. He, he I thought Marco, like for that one month, he was really into being a Rudo. I enjoyed seeing. He was far those. more in, enjoyable as a, in Gobernable than, than than Mascara was. Yeah, I and La Mascara is kind of good as a generic baby face. Maybe team him with. On Hell Day. Oh, we're both yes. on Hell Day. Uh, we're both thinking yes. the same thing. We were just thinking the most generic technicals in Hell Day. Oh, the first one. <laughs> But really, La Mosca and Oro, they do the same shit every single time. Wasn't it crazy when they had that match for the title? And it was yes. like, it was like, it's like you already knew what they were going to do because they, they both do the exact same thing. It's yes, like exactly. they're, they're the same guys. It's like, you know, they should be a team. I, I think it would be just kind of funky. To yeah, have. yeah, because they're just so generic. It's like, yeah, yeah, at least they put them together, let them do their thing. <laughs> um, and it's 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 weird. Like you watch. 
uh, these all these other technicals in CMLL, and it's like Omber Bala, an undercard guy. I think you probably saw him in the tr- yes, in I the did Pueblo match. That dude is so much better than some of the the guys on top. Okay, here's the, yeah, this is a thing I was. Titan is another one. Dragon Lee, and they're like, uh-huh. why is Mosker is getting all this, all this stuff? And maybe because he wants to drop his mask. You uh, know? But that, if that's the reason, that's makes sense. But yeah. he'll have to change his name. Yeah, but. I mean, Dragon Lee is finally getting. I'm, I'm well, he's hurt. different because he's actually getting pushed. He was. Yeah, he's, he's getting pushed finally. Well, not finally. From the very get go, he yeah. was getting pushed. It's not a. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I watched Omber Bala Jr. for the last couple of weeks, and the last time I had seen him, I can't remember how long it had been, but yeah. I just kind of thought, um, "Well, he ain't Omber Bala." But uh, oh, he's bad. Be- I've, I've, I've actually thought he was really good from the like. See, the times I saw him, it was really. Of course, he is in with people. Oh God, who was? Oh, it? like Canelo Casa, Super Halcon Jr. His partner. Yeah, and the, the, his opponents are usually Scandalo. Canelo Casas. I was going to say I watched the last uh, Leono. He's teaming with Leono. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're too busy. You're too busy, like distracted by Leono Absolutely. being so shitty. Now, because I was going to say I've watched him these last two weeks on Puebla. I I dig this guy. Yeah. And what's the story? Is he just? not getting pushed or is he no, just there's just a bunch of guys who don't get pushed in CMLL it's not it's not it's like Hechi Serra look at how great he is he's not getting pushed in CMLL yep all his great stuff like all, and you know the only the only thing that I think that's helped Hechi Serra is that being in CMLL because mm-hmm. I mean there are guys who talked about him being really good when he was in Monterey and nobody would bring him up like you never saw him mentioned other than like the small group of people who were like hey you guys should watch him and I would I consider myself one of those guys who was like in that group who right. said you guys should watch this she said it was really good but like promoters in Mexico City never brought him up the the the, the people writing about Lucha or reporting about Lucha never brought him up in Mexico until he went to Mexico City and actually like mm-hmm. appeared on like the, the the Chilanga Mass shows and then made it to CML and now people are like everywhere are saying hey this guy's really good he's and like yes he's been really great and like also also i have to say this might sound really superficial but the makeover he did from yeah that outfit he used to have uh it looked like an atlantis type of classic type of look it looked like a it looked like a hybrid of like atlantis and one of the vianos and yeah this new outfit more modern type of look yeah, yeah. And, and he really looks like it looks like a hechicero. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, like a witch doctor. Yes. In the past, it looked like he was a good wrestler, and now he yeah. looks like a hechicero. And, and he I think should be getting his due. It's it's weird, because I noticed like, a lot of the guys from uh, are getting... The Lucha Underground guys are really the ones that are getting booked in the mm-hmm. U.S., but it's like, they're not really going after like hechicero and all that, and it's probably because they got to go through the CMLL and all that stuff. Probably. And it's a little more complicated, because these guys... I mean, this, you look at the you look at the AAA, like the Lucha Underground guys, they were... Very easily, they could get booked elsewhere. Yeah, because they—I mean—in Mexico, they weren't getting as many bookings. And whereas with um, the CML guys, they're always wrestling like on shows. It's like, it's still like there's still guys who aren't getting booked on all, every show either. So now, it's like, now, do you think? Do you think it's a matter of him being in like the wrong click, just or, or not being in the click that I is think favored it's the pro- by the bookers? Yeah, or the, could be it's attitude. The, the bookers are basically like old schools, and yeah. they're, they stick to their like the families and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. It's, I think so. What he has to do is marry into the Braza or the Casas family. Well, that's the weird thing. The Casas family, like Puma, is arguably one. There, there's another guy. Yes, really yes. good. And he's he's 
practically where um, he's maybe a notch above Omber Bala Jr. and maybe a notch in around where Echicero is. But I mean, he should be a main event guy. Mm-hmm. I remember when he did the Volador thing, the Volador Jr. thing. We were thinking, oh, this guy's going to get pushed, and he even brought up that bigger things were happening. And it's like, no, it's not. Although he's actually getting booked in the U.S. more often, so it's like that's yeah. good. So yeah, well, back to the Ingobernables breakup. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, basically, what happened? Um, I guess La Mascara didn't take to um, rush, kind of roughing up Shocker, mm-hmm. and so the whole gimmick is that La Mascara. Supposedly, he still claims he's still ingobernable. If you're ingobernable, you're, you don't give a fuck about the whole ingobernable persona. Is, you don't give a fuck about the older generation of wrestlers. You yes. Know? So um, he's basically saying that. Um, what was it that he's saying? Oh, that he was getting tired of. Um, he didn't think Rush was being. Um, he felt bad for the guys that um, Rush was beating up on. He's like, these are older guys. You got to like a pre like treat them better. You know, so they don't. He, they shouldn't kinda, get hurt. Doing the doing the angle of he respects the old school. Yeah, yeah, it's like that's not. That's what actually the, a good angle. But that's not the gimmick that he like. Now that he's a face, it works. But it's like yeah. it's so weird because I think he's all over. La Mascara is all over the place with this character. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he's a nice guy. Just stick to being a nice guy. You're not an ingobernable. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Rush is the one guy who actually gets that he's he's an asshole. You know, he wants to be an asshole. That's he doesn't care. He sticks to being an asshole the entire time. And he plays it he, so well. Yeah. So it's like so then um they um. They Rush basically said that the only ungobernables are him and his dad. <laughs> He's like, it's my dad, and he yells out, "It's my dad!" Yes, it's my dad. Like he doesn't give a care anymore. <laughs> but it's so it's so it's so sad because I mean, there's so many talented guys to go with Pierrot as your um, choice as an ungobernable. Mm-hmm. It's just so screwed up. But it's like it's 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 messed up. It's like that's the guy that you don't want. Like I don't know. I mean. You want to like if you're selling merchandise, you want to come across cool to the to the audience. Mm-hmm. I don't know if having your dad be the the other guy. There's not a lot of dads who are going to be. Mm, you know, you don't have to have. A, you would have to have an exceptionally cool dad. And yeah, would, yeah, and even you then, would have to be cool too. And even then, you'd probably keep it separate. Yeah. Like he could be cool, and you come up with merchandise for him. But you don't want to like you don't want to have him be like in your gimmick and stuff like that. And you know, it's so weird because they did a they actually did a post interview with them. And Rush is like just really great at his promo and stuff like that. And then they let Puro talk, and it's like, yeah, he's not. <laughs> it's like, it's like, how did that? So they're like, they're kind of wondering if it's going to be like a whole family type of thing. But then uh, they ha- they've been Ray Scorpion. Remember that whole thing? Oh, I didn't talk. We didn't talk. We didn't have a, the podcast. This happened after the podcast, right? Ray Scorpion, the previous week or the, a couple weeks prior to that, had teamed up with them with um, Rush and La Mascara, and they got rid of. Ray Scorpion because he was wearing the he was with them and they got upset at him so they beat him up so then um, La Mascara said um, Ray Scorpion was wearing a pirated um, Ingobernables t-shirt that he bought outside of Arena Mexico so then Ray Scorpion uh, uh, replied and said that that wasn't a a bootleg shirt he Rush gave it to him and he started the... And this is where the angle... Like, everybody's saying that the angle started... If you look at it, really, the angle kind of started when Ray Scorpion started saying... Because if you add Ray, Ray Scorpion into the whole thing, mm-hmm. it would make a little more sense. Because Ray Scorpion said um, that Rush... He's he's like, I don't appreciate... He's like, I, I know, I know um, La Mascara's trying to come off like he's the leader, but he's not the leader. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, it's it's Rush. Yeah, he's like Rush and La, and La Sombra were the two guys who brought him in. So like he was on Informa and he was talking about how um, how how um, La Sombra and Rush were 
to him, Los Ingobernables, and the leaders in the Ingobernables. And La Mascara was like, I remember, from what I remember, La Mascara was backstage, you know, he was kissing their butts, wanting to join their group. He's like, he's like, because to me, um, um, La Mascara, he's a boring, very cold technical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's great, you know, because that like a, like like a it fits in perfectly because yes. it's like so it's kind of like leading to Ray Scorpion. Really, Ray Scorpion should be in the Gobernables if they want somebody who's like because he's like they were talking about oh that they had they Ray. Would be, Sc- they would be the hottest trio on the planet. Hey, if you get rid of Pierrot, if it was Ray Scorpion and Rush as yeah, a, as yeah, a duo, exactly. that would be great. But even if you keep Pierrot, I mean, Ray Scorpion is really good at promos, and he's he's another guy who plays plays the asshole very well too. Yes. So um. So then, um, they're, um, they start asking, um, oh God, what was I going to say? <laughs> so La Mascara is like, oh, Ray Scorpion says that. And so La Mascara responds like, all Ray Scorpion ever does is he breaks up factions. You know, he shows up and he breaks up groups. He broke up the Ingobernables. Um, He's saying he broke up the Ingobernables. He broke up the Guerreros, uh, um, Ultimo Guerreros group. Mm-hmm. And he broke up other groups. And so... <laughs> Ray Scorpion responds like I'm not I'm not the one that breaks them up I'm just, I just showed up and wanted to point out stuff that to rush that was going on in the group <laughs> I was just laughing at the whole thing so so they broke up um, really the that's that's really the, like the big feud right now and um, I guess that's going to be the feud it's so weird because they had the rush Ma- uh, Marco that rush Maximo feud mm-hmm. then it went to rush Marco. Oh, and then they asked La Mascara if he wanted to join on um, Marco and Maximo. I was like, oh, great. Now they're going to have him join. <laughs> Although that fits that fits him more better. Like him being with Buffet de la Mar, I think that fits him better than being in well, Gobernable. You know, that, that, that would fit. I think, I, I think what in Gobernables needs is some consistency. It's I think they need... Like a, they're swapping characters. I think they need there. somebody who's actually... I think they need to like just turn... They need to like have Rush... If they add Ray Scorpion, have him join the group and let those guys be heels or, you know, just be assholes, you know, let them be assholes, yes. you know, like let them be together. Don't, don't start like, oh, let's have Rush team up with Terrible and this other guy and like forget about the team. You know, it's, it, there's it, no it, continuity in Yeah, no continuity and it would almost be like uh, CML was turning into WWE Raw where you have these convoluted uh, angles every week that... No, well, it's like that Goldust um, R-Truth thing with... But yeah, yeah. Like, they were teaming up, and then they're teaming up with the other guys. Although there's at least there's a storyline. Although it's something that I'm not interested in, but it's like I don't know. It's 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 one of those. It, it's just weird that they broke up the Ingobernables so quickly, and like, although I don't, I don't, I really, I kind of think the Ingobernables kind of broke up when Sombra. When, like, when it kind of died when Sombra left. That was a that was a huge loss. Yeah, I mean, I'm. You know, I I still marvel how well that was played out. How. Uh, how he dropped his mask to Atlantis, and how the whole thing was played out over a long period of time without the whole without anybody knowing really knowing about yeah. it, that he was planning on leaving and, that, and left on professional terms, which is and that's what everybody's thinking. Rush is trying to do because it's kind of weird that he because everybody thinks because he brought in his dad that maybe he's trying to just get do everything he he always wanted to do on his yeah. way out. But I think I think there's also that I think I think there's also my my feeling is that. Maybe they kind of don't want to like because if you put Rush versus Atlantis in the mass versus hair match, everybody's just gonna assume oh Atlantis is gonna take Rush's hair. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe if you throw in some like before you go to that match, maybe you go Rush La Mascara, which mm-hmm. I think would do. I think that would actually do a, a, do crowd do a good crowd, even if you don't think La Mascara is a great wrestler. 
Rush is good enough where he could actually. Well, yeah, and, and, and Elon Musk isn't bad enough where it wouldn't be good. And also, yeah, yeah. Also, we're pretty hardcore fans. How do you think the general fans look at Lamasker? Do they? Yeah, as hardcore, I think that's the thing. As hardcore fans, you kind of don't look at him the same way yeah. as general fans. I think there's a lot of fans who like him. So there could be some money in that. Yeah, so it's like it's because I mean you see like women like him and stuff like that. It's like obviously like a lot of the people who listen to this podcast aren't really going to be like as into him. Although I think there's mm-hmm. probably a good crowd that's going to be like, yeah, he's not that bad, you know, whatever. Yeah, but it's well, well, that's the thing. When I watch him, it's not like I sit there and think oh my god this he's guy a, has no talent he he's just blows. born he just doesn't do yeah he, he doesn't seem like very inspired yeah you know just it's weird because you see him and then you see Mascara Dorada and Dragon Lee it's like holy shit these guys are like in another planet and exactly like, you see this passion then La Mascara sounds like a guy who's just going to work yeah and you know maybe if he dropped the mask and comes up with a new name Maybe with him, maybe maybe like Averno, he's great with his facial expressions. Were always great. There are several. Well, maybe uh, he's got great facial expressions, and that could add. Averno, Sombra, two guys who yeah. actually. I mean, the, the only thing that bummed me out about Sombra losing his mask was I never, I can never remember seeing a wrestler who actually had cool facial expressions without having a face. He had that black mask, but man. His physical mannerisms the, the, were yeah, his, so expressive, yeah. but at the same time, when he took off his mask, that face is is, is money too. That I mean, he, it's just he, weird when you, he reeks charisma. When you see La Mascara and Angel de Oro, mm-hmm. you just see guys who are just like, like maybe they do put in the effort. Well, you know, I think that's the thing with La Mascara because when he was when he took a shot at Rey Scorpion, he was talking about how Rey Scorpion should spend more time in the gym. He's like, because he said, you don't look like a wrestler. You're wearing a headband and whatever your gears were, and you don't even go to the gym. And it's like, yeah, but Ray Scorpion can smoke you in the in the ring. Like, like Ray <laughs> yes. Scorpion, nobody's called Ray Scorpion boring. <laughs> it's like God nobody's damn. gonna call Ray Scorpion God boring. Damn. He's really good. I go, you're not. You're you may be spending a lot of time in the gym, but you should really be spending more time <laughs> training in the ring. But it's like I don't. It's it's weird with him. Okay. Well, we have a lot more news. To cover, and uh, we will be right back after this timeout. And we have returned. Um, well, the other story that uh, hit the news uh, we lost a legend in Lucha Libre. Actually, we lost two because um, earlier this week, um, the guy who wrote um, the song Los Luchadores passed away. I did not know way, really. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that, I think, um, yesterday, and then Cubs fan wrote the about it today. The guy from uh, Conjunto Africa. Was he from that? That was the first Because I think that... it was the writer, the guy who wrote the song. Oh, okay, because yeah. they were the band that made the hit famous. Yeah. Oh, my Lord, yeah. no way. Yeah, I was reading about that one. I saw it mentioned on, I think it was Wednesday, around the time that Lucha Underground was going on. And then Cupstand posted the link afterwards. When you think of it, he must have been pretty old. That I mean, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yes, I know that. I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, he's pretty old. I I remember once just uh, going through Amazon to try to see how many different versions. Just on Amazon alone, there were. Yeah, because I found one that was like a different band. The ver- that version was a little more like it sounded a little more modern, like yeah, not, not modern, but it better. Crisper quality. I, in in uh, the '80s, there was a group called Los Flamers that did that did a cover of it. Mm-hmm. That uh, I, I think Conjunto Africa's was the best. 
ever. But when I looked on Amazon.com, I found, I think, if I remember right, I found over 20 different really? covers of yeah. it. And I think that's incomplete. I mean, it's, it's a song that's band still covered yeah. to this day. Pedro Ocadiz, the composer of the song Los Luchadores. Oh. Yeah. Now I want to read up on him some. Yeah, apparently. He didn't. Um, he didn't realize there the when you know the four names he came up with. Yes. He didn't realize there was a wrestler named um, Bulldog. When no he, way. When he wrote the song. Oh my god! And I think wild. Bulldog is like one of the hundred greatest luchadors of all time. Really. Yeah. In fact, in fact, <laughs> yes, when I was reading, when I started doing like reading up, I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was that big a name. Like, which is funny because remember, you know that clip. Uh, w- w- the way they used to open the CMLL show in the eighties. Yeah. Where they'd play that song and they showed all the old clips. That was Bulldog in the ring wrestling. Yeah. And he was the one who was fictional as a part as as far as uh, the author went then. Yeah, he had no oh, idea. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I always assumed it was a match between the two teams because Santo and Cafranario were a team. It could have been. What a trip. They probably they probably well, but you know. It being Lucha, you know, somebody was like, yeah, just come up with these guys. It's such a cool you know, Santo, song. Cabernario, Blue Demon. But, I mean, you kind of, those three were, like, named. I don't, yes, I, yes. I, I haven't read a lot on him lately. And, in fact, I think there were several Bulldogs. There was a Bulldog, uh, oh, what was the name? Bulldog Venegas or something like that? Bulldog Brower. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldog Bob Brown. Bulldog, yeah, so people know that we actually do know more than, yeah. than just Lucha. But, but if, if he was a true luchador, he would be Roberto... El Perro Cafe. El Perro de Cafe. <laughs> no, he would be Bulldog Brown because that's the they use American names now for some reason. Yeah, but I like I like Perro de Cafe. Um, what else? El Perro de Toro Cafe. Yeah, well, the guy who passed away, um, Kato Kunli. Yeah. Yeah. A legend. Now, you did a ton of research on him. You know, I actually the the one thing that I found very interesting about it was um. His time in Guatemala, where he learned um, from Oswaldo Johnson, which I actually, prior to that, I wasn't really that familiar with Oswaldo Johnson. But then when I was reading up on Oswaldo Johnson, it, I found out that he trained um, Jorge Mendoza, who I did know from the the video you actually, I think you got from some, I can't remember who you got. Oh, yes. From. I got the Guatemala video from Tom Burke yeah. in the early 90s. Uh so I the, got, I've got the footage it, is from like the late seventies, right? Or no, it, 80s? it's actually from like the late eighties because uh, yeah. I remember there on, on one of the commercials there was admin, uh, advertisement for like a Ninja Turtle coloring book or something. So it was yeah, I, around ninety. I got so. I actually looked through the Guatemala magazine. Yeah, I got I got to tell you. Uh, before. I forgot I have like a whole stack of Guatemala magazines that you brought. In. That's right. <laughs> I, hey, hey! I put all the magazines in order. That was like the biggest accomplishment. Oh my god, you did that! I'm <laughs> impressed. Yes, I was like, oh, my I went god. by. I, I think I, I am impressed. I, I think the last because I was going from uh, oldest to newest, so the newest ones are like way at the end. That's awesome. But I was just the oldest ones. I just put in like you know, just like okay, they're in the sixties. I'll figure it out as I go along. But like yes. everything else, I went like month. By month, I didn't put oh, them like that. That's like, cool. I was that's like, shit, cool. I got to go through this stuff. Because at one point, I had all the Lucha Libre mags in orders, but I, as I started looking through them, that folks, happens with folks, everything. Folks, I got to tell you, if you knew how many magazines uh, I brought over to Fredo's for him, you'd be impressed at his accomplishment. Yeah, this is a lot of magazines. It, it helps that it was like one of those weeks where I was like, I'm going to do this, and it took me a whole week to actually get that. I bin. believe it. I because I would it. take one bin out. I would start, 
I would start as soon as I would like probably like five and <laughs> five in the evening, and from five in the evening until twelve until midnight. That's an accomplishment. And sometimes I would get past midnight just to like, and I would be like, <laughs> and I would be thinking, this is impossible. Because <laughs> the first thing I did was I took everything out. Yeah. And then I started oh, going. To do yeah, because it was it's like, jumbled. yeah, it's it like was there's one big jumble. And then there. I put in my magazines, the like after mags and all that stuff yes. on one. Because I was like, I gotta get, I gotta put this stuff somewhere. And I, so I was like, I'm putting these at the bottom. Then I started working my way up. Yeah, uh, yeah and uh, before, you know, we're talking about the Guatemala tape that I got from Tom Burke. Before there was a plethora of obscure stuff showing up on YouTube, I do have to tell you, in the 90s, Tom Burke had one of the most diverse collection of wrestling tapes. Really? He had uh, the Guatemala tapes. He, oh, he was the one who sent me my first Tetonis in a ring tape after I had not seen it in over 20 years on TV. Wow. He, uh, he has stuff from Germany. The Guatemala stuff is worth just to see Jorge Mendoza. Jorge Mendoza. Yeah. That's the thing is, I think the only three people I know who know him are you, me, and Jose yeah, so, Hernandez. So, so when I wrote the, the, the bio on, on Kato Kung Lee, like I was telling you, I, I didn't, like, I, I didn't write about Jorge Mendoza because I figured out oh, nobody's really going to know who that is. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's it's already people aren't going to know a lot about Oswaldo Johnson. Mm-hmm. But then when you see Jorge Mendoza, you're like, holy shit, this guy must have been a really good um, yeah. trainer, you know, because this guy was really good. And I'll never forget when I saw him on that tape. I It's on el- uh, an older man. It's on, for those wondering, I'll post a link because it's on. Yes, yes. I oh. have it. I ha- actually uploaded it onto YouTube before my... My, my 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 YouTube account has a strike on it, so I can't really do anything on oh, with it. Oh, that's right. I could do I could upload some stuff, but it's up there, so it's but it's like oh, it can't I, be it can't be longer than I fifteen minutes. Now we, maybe we get upload on mine. No, mine's on. There. I'm telling you, it's on there. Oh, it is on there. Yes, right. I already it's uploaded. It, oh, okay. it wouldn't I'm sorry. have been. I'm sorry, I thought, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm no. I'm see, saying I'm saying I can't upload more stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I but, could, but it's got to be short. Well, because I I remember seeing Jorge Mendoza and just thinking, oh, this looks like a guy who's past his prime he was yeah, he was like he was 60 years old but right? that guy was wrestling he yeah. wasn't just riding on his laurels he would have been he would have been like Black Terry and um, Negro Navarro yeah. that's a very very the, the, good the other guy, person the other guy they barely discovered in Mexico um, Charles Lucero from um, Monterey mm-hmm. really great worker yeah, I like Charles and, Lucero and I kept I kept telling people you if this guy was in, if this guy had a son who would take pictures and filmed his matches people would be raving about him too well, yeah, and, and they finally started. You're the one who turned me on to Charles Ocero, and yeah. that guy is awesome. Yeah, and then we ended up getting the the Monterey footage mm-hmm. of him when he was younger. So yeah, but the Kato Kung Lee thing that was actually the most intriguing thing for me. Like just yeah, I you know I wasn't aware that he was he spent time in Guatemala. I didn't know that. Why well, you figure he had to because he was he was coming from um, where were he where was he uh, from Panama right? Panama right yeah. Panama. It's like I forget though. <laughs> yes, it's like that constantly. Like it, he only brought it up every single time he talked about his career. <laughs> yeah, he's from Panama. Yeah, it's, that was like Johnny Lascano Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you kind of figured he had to like go through like some, but you really like as a fan. I think you probably went through it too, where you're like, I wonder, if there's wrestling in these other parts of the world, and you don't really think that there's I wrestling. I always in other... thought about that. So I was like, then you find like I found when I found out that he, Colombians went and wrestled in 
in um, Panama. I was like, Colombia has wrestling? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I didn't know they had wrestling back then. I just thought they were doing coke and doing a drug cartels and shit like that. You know, I didn't know they had time for wrestling. You, we, we, it's, it's funny because when you're talking about Kato Kunaling being trained in Guatemala, I mean, what a diverse education he has. Because if you watch his Guatemalan tapes... It's lucha, but they have their own regional brand of lucha. A lot less emphasis on topes. Uh, well, I could, what, what he was saying that he he liked the lucha that they were doing in Panama, but it wasn't what really got him into it. What got him into it was what the Colombians were doing. So oh. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what the Colombians were doing. I'm at, curious at, at, too. in wrestling back then. Because wow. I mean, for him to say that was what interested him. Then he went to Guatemala. I guess he must have been somebody who really liked to learn the different stuff, and obviously he did because he took martial arts and all that yes. stuff. Yes. But, um, yeah, and then his, when he came to Me- Mexico, I found it interesting that he was a big part in Juarez at first. Mm-hmm. Then he went to, Me- he was in Mexico City at first, then he went to Juarez where he made his name and then made his way back to Juar- uh, Mexico City oh, where, it okay. became a, where he became Kato Kung Lee, which was, that was interesting too. Yes, because I, I, I've seen him wrestle a number of times. I bet I know very little about his bio. I in, in, just by sheer coincidence, about two months ago, I was going through a, a really old boxy lucha where he. Uh, Don't you kind of wish that you kind of like knew more or less when guys were going to die, so you could have this stuff <laughs> ready, like prepared for? Oh, there's some people who do some. Yeah, yeah. I think there's journalists who do that. They they yeah. prepare bios on yeah. people just in case they die. I think I'm going to start doing that. Just going through magazines and like just. Like, if I find something, just put it on somebody's list, like, yeah. just in case. Well, this old magazine, he was getting significant push as Johnny Lascano Smith. Yeah. And I you know, I knew he was Kato Kunlun. I kind of like that name, Johnny Lascano Smith. It's cool in itself. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's almost cooler than Kato Kunlun. Yeah, yeah. And when I saw the, you know, the story and the photos of him, I thought, you know what? He looked pretty charismatic, even without the hood. Yeah, yeah. I mean... He, was, he wasn't a bad-looking dude. Like, once he got older, he looked really bad towards the end, though, like... Well, he, like he been, lost. Hadn't he been in really poor health? Like even if you look at the picture, the most recent picture he had mm-hmm. compared to the like the interview where he was talking to Boxy Lucha, um, he looked like he lost like at least like fifty, sixty pounds Whoa, from really? that. Yeah, because he looked really oh, bad. That's sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, he went through a lot of like the, the that what was it the thrombosis I told you like what was oh that? which is a result of diabetes. yeah blood clot blood clot and then he had diabetes I think yeah because I think thrombosis. I'm not sure. I think thrombosis is a result of diabetes, really? like long term. We're not doctors, so we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to ask Doctor Moldad. Yeah. Doctor or or Doctor Wagner Jr. Or, That's right, but or Doctor Lucha. Doctor Lucha. Yes, Doctor. Got to interview him again. <laughs> what are you a doctor of? Yes, yes. He'll, I, I, he'll I, probably know just because he'll tell us some. He, he's 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 heard about it enough times where. Well, wait a minute! I'm Doctor Vandal Drummond. Oh, that's right! You're Doctor. Yeah. You're Doctor Vandal Drummond. And I repeat that I, I repeat the line that uh, Doctor Jerry Graham said when when. Uh, doctor, you knew Doctor Jerry Graham. I knew Doctor Jerry. Studied Graham. under Doctor Jerry Graham. There, you're a doctor. I paid when I was riding home with him in. Uh, yeah, that's, from 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 ba- Bakersfield one night. Those were your we're, we're courses. We're listening <laughs> to K Rock, and they had a show on K Rock called Rock and Religion. And and Doc is sitting there trying to light his cigarette and fumbling and just half half conscious and you know whoever hosted the show is saying Gary Newman is like you know a, an artist that looks at the utopian possibilities. Yeah, you know, I always wonder. And then they start playing it and and, and Doc goes, "What? Who 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 is this?" And I'm going, 
Doc, that's a guy named Gary Newman, and goes, oh my god, you, you call him on the phone and you tell him Dr. Graham would like to talk to him about life. You, you know, you, Doc, Gary Newman's a little more current considering some of the people we've brought up on this podcast. But you're absolutely <laughs> but I, right. You're I keep correct. thinking, but I keep thinking Gary Newman, even like there's, I'm pretty sure there's like 90% of the people listening to the show wouldn't even oh, know. Oh, no, who he's Gary yesterday Newman. news. Yes. Unless, unless you're it's, into the history of, of, of music of and stuff like New that. Wave art, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's funny because like even like when we talk about 80, like Kato Kuli, like I was telling you, I've heard mm-hmm. podcasts, they won't even bring him up. And it's like, because okay. it's like, they don't know anything about him or like super porky like people will be like like yeah i i've heard he's great and it's like oh dude it's like they don't really like know it and what's frustrating about that is in the past but there's a lot of like podcasting came at a, a later time it, for it, us it, really. did, it did and it, the frustrating thing with with lucha libre is the magazines in the past really f- emphasized their history yeah i mean they would go well on, you know like super that. super luchas super luchas like it's like ninety percent is like stuff that current, mm-hmm. and then when there's something that happens from the past or somebody who died from who was mm-hmm. the star from the past, it's always Ernesto Campo coming back to write about it. Hey, yes, he's like yes, the only one because yes. he's like, or like there's another guy. There's like two or three people who like write about it, and they're really good. But it's like nobody else is like. Oh, I don't know that. I, did he wrestle the Undertaker or like? <laughs> was he was he ever on NXT? It's like, and this is super luchas I'm talking about. How many cage matches? Yes, how many have? cage matches? It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like you kind of feel bad about it, but it's like that's the way it is, you know. It is the way it is, but, yeah. but you know what's funny? Because one of the things I used to love about Boxy Lucha in the early 90s is I don't know if it was just just one of the journalists or a handful of them or all of them, but they really wrote uh, in great extent about uh, the history of Lucha. And yeah. They did... They, they, post all sorts of results from the 30s and 40s bios on people like uh, Charo Aguayo and Tarzan Lopez and I don't they must have changed uh, they do still kind of a bit but it's they not they do as... a bit but I I haven't read it in years but I remember at some point I, I, it's I, on I, digital now so I want to say mid to late 90s I had read it I read, I read enough of their history articles that I saw whoever was now writing the history articles getting dates radically wrong or really uh, well you know they do an annual they do an annual tribute well that's to the, not just the boxy lucha thing that's a lot of wrestling people who do that there is, there is <laughs> but, but the frustrating thing is they used to be so precise because I remember every year on the anniversary of Sangre India's death in Arena Coliseo uh, they would do uh, an homage to him every year. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. And then one year, uh, the format of the magazine changed. Some you could tell, you could tell somebody else was behind the steering wheel. And their homage to Sangarinia that got the date of his death wrong, and I can't remember what else. There was something else really embarrassing that you know it was just one year ago. You guys had it right. What, yeah. what happened? I didn't read their bio on Kato Kunle, so. But it, I would have well, been. But the stuff you found was really good, though. I mean, you. you uh... Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that was the other thing. I, I, I saw some of the bios from other people, and it was like they really didn't do a lot of like research. It was just like, oh, he died, and like really quick blurbs on it in Spanish. I'm not talking about the, right, right. the American sites. I mean, I don't expect the Wrestling Observer or and they did get the mm-hmm. information from Dr. Luchin myself. Yes. But it's like. 
I'm talking about like super luchas and all these. Other, although Ernesto Campo did a good job for his part, but it, there wasn't like somebody. And they don't do long bios in 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 Spanish. And it's it's not a span. I think I think like in in Spanish websites they don't do bios and they also don't do a lot of recaps of TV shows and stuff like that. Although right. they might now. I, I just don't read them. So Campos, because Ernesto Campo. Because as far as current magazines, I really don't. It's not Campos. Is this Campo? It's Ocampo. Ocampo. Yeah. So it's Ernest Ocampo. Ernesto. No, Ernesto Ocampo. Yes. Okay, Ernesto. Never forget. This guy that tells, I'm the insider. Kurt isn't. (laughs) Kurt deals with all the gringos. (laughs) No, what's funny is years ago I you deal you deal with the gringos. Years ago, I was obsessed with Lucha Libre magazines, but as far as current ones, uh, you wouldn't know the new guys. None, but I can guarantee you what stuff I have found online. Is from Ernesto Ocampo, and I should remember the name because he is the only one who who writes about. Uh, yeah, cause, and movies. you know the the weird thing is when when I first got into reading like some of the his the super luchas, mm-hmm. he was the one doing the international um, write ups. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember. That's how I remembered him, like doing mm-hmm. the U.S. stuff. International is in U.S. Yes, he's Mexico, so he wasn't writing about the international. And when I say international, I was talking about he was writing about WWE and stuff like that. Or ECW, I think, was the the thing back then, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, because I, I he was the he was the one he I communicated with him back then, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. I always to me, I was like, yeah, he's writing about American wrestling. What do I care about that stuff? <laughs> and then I didn't realize he was actually he knew lucha, and I was like, okay, well, that's cool. Yeah. So, and now it's the complete the complete turn where he's now the one writing about uh, lucha history and everybody else is writing about all this other stuff yeah because whenever i'm doing uh any research on some of the old timers he's the one that they come back yeah, if, if it, yeah if it gets to the super luchas page uh it's 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 always him yeah yeah so um Katakuli, when was the first time you saw him wrestle i saw him wrestle i want to say the mid 80s mid 80s you didn't see him in la i saw him because I know he wrestled the Olympic. Yeah, I, you know what? I can't remember exactly when I first saw him. Uh, I was telling you, like I was telling you before the podcast. I, I, it's weird because you could see him in video now, and it's like people you forget. That, well, oh, is, I didn't see him back is, then. This is what I feel bad about about somebody so cool because I really liked him, but I don't remember any one specific mask match. I remember seeing him team with Kung Fu. I saw them live. Um, and I remember on another occasion seeing Kung Fu and after seeing all the pictorials of Kung Fu when I was a kid because he came out when the whole Kung Fu fad, you know, when Bruce Lee and uh, um, David Carradine and Kung Fu yeah. were really big. I'd see all these stories about this guy, Kung Fu, and he looks so cool. Yeah. And then I saw him wrestle and he didn't suck, but... Well, the thing with Kato Kunli was cool that he did the ring, the rope. Yeah, yeah. He did the rope, well, walking on ropes. And, you know, I, I brought that up on, I think it might have been on Twitter where I said, you don't see a lot of guys doing that. I think Mascara Dorado really does that. Yeah. And I think, I'm not sure if he got that from Kato, from watching Kato Kunli. I should ask him, I mean. Yeah, oh, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure any wrestler when they're developing their own Because, I mean, I don't see anybody else really do that. Like, I don't yeah. see anybody else, like, just walking the ropes and doing, you know, they use the ropes to do stuff, but it's like, he actually walks, that is spin, does a little spin. It's the it's the Katakun Link spot that he's doing. Yeah, a tribute to the old yeah, school. So. I, you know what? I, but what I do remember is when I would see matches involving Kung Fu and Katakun Lee as a team. 
just Kato Kun Lee, in my opinion, stood out a lot more. I saw him Russell and Juarez, mm-hmm. and like he was without his mask by that point. Mm-hmm. So it was like you see him without his mask, and you're like, oh, what is this guy like, a karate dude or what's going on? And it's <laughs> like because it's Kato Kun Lee, and and you start seeing him, yeah, he's all right. But I mean, by that point, by that point, I think it was eighty seven, eighty eight. By that point, I mean. You're watching Eddie Guerrero and Hijo Santo in opening matches mm-hmm. or in between, and then you're seeing all these other guys, and then you see like the cool guys with the masks. It's like, yeah, Kato Kun Lee, he's all right, but it's, it wasn't as, it, there wasn't that big um, interest yeah. in it. And it's also not until you really get really deep into the sport. Yeah, yeah. It was, it. I was at that point where it's like, you got to look cool or you got to be mm-hmm. really good. And it's like, I think I, I wasn't as big a fan of his because I think by the time I got into, he was older by the time mm-hmm. I saw him. And Really, the last couple of years he was around wrestling, he wasn't very good. <laughs> so it's no, like, he got it, yeah. yeah, like he was in IWRG H, a lot. Yeah, a H lot. Up, H if up. you watch old, like if you watch early two thousand, late ninety nine, early two thousand IWRG, he was on there a lot, and he wasn't that great at that mm. point. But it's like, yeah, he wasn't. But you know, I'm sure so. There's gonna be somebody's gonna t- remind me that I saw him in something good because that always happens when, whenever we do a podcast. Yeah. Like, you saw him in this thing. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, I remember now. But it's like, I, no. I, I, I get embarrassed when there's somebody really cool and I can tell you what's well, weird, a like spot he did or something, but I could not tell you when I saw or what match it was. Where Negro Casas, I can name a whole string of matches. Well, you know, it's, it's natural because, like, when we were talking to Oriental, mm-hmm. and I finally translated the entire interview, which took me a while. I saw I have it ready. Yeah, I so, didn't see it. So we were talking to Oriental, and I'm pretty sure he was off on a lot of the information. He was, he was like, in his mind. Because I don't remember him being in AAA for that long. <laughs> it's like, people, like, you know, people's memories are, are a funny thing. Like, I, 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 was, I actually gave it to Negro Navarro when you interviewed him when I mentioned... Uh, him reuniting with the death missionary. Yeah, because he, he corrected you in the whole... And he didn't remember that. Yeah. Uh, you know, because, I mean, he he wrestles probably every day of his life almost. Yeah. So I'm sure that was just another... Uh, I mean, I'm sure he remembers being in Japan, no doubt. But yeah. But he didn't remember the angle. And, um, yeah, because the way Oriental was saying it was like, there was six... He's been gone from AAA for six years. And yeah. he had been in AAA for, 15, for about 15 years. And that really doesn't add up. Yeah, because if you look at his career, and he's telling me the guy who watched, like, there's people who listen to the show who will tell you, yeah, Fredo watched AAA and CML a lot through, <laughs> through that time period because I was like the source for that stuff. But, that, that's but um, yeah, because because if you take six years out, that's 2010. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years would have been um, 2000. Well, 2011. Let's go 2011. That's 2011. Fifteen years. That's all the way to 96. Mm-hmm. He was still in CML all the way through 2000, 2001. Because I even remember when he debuted, he debuted in one of those um, big net um, interviews where they in, intru- they were introducing him as part of the. Remember they were bringing in all these guys from um, WWE, like mm-hmm. um, Papi Chulo, yes, Esarios, Mister Agula, I remember that, and um, Hector Garza came in. Oriental came in around that time, so that's how I remember. And he was off on when he was in CML also. So I was like, dude, you're... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some some people are more vague like I, I gave it to Navarro for just admitting oh I yeah. don't remember that, that was pretty cool yeah yeah but uh, I mean there are some people uh, like I don't know if he's still like this but uh, way back when you know I, I, I knew Tom Pritchard a little bit and what blew me away is how he remembered dates yeah really well and he you know I don't right. I don't, and you know right. I don't expect them to remember dates because like I was like I've told people you like I think when I was interviewing um, Volador Jr. I mm-hmm. told them you're not going to remember I think it was when I told him, asked him if he was like, if he considered himself the best wrestler in mm-hmm. 2015, and he said he didn't really look at it that way, like to him, every year is the same. 
And it's like, yeah, yeah like as a fan, you're looking yeah. at it, whereas he's living it. You're not going to see the same thing. Like he probably he wrestled Flamita. Yeah, and the next day he's already like forgetting who the hell he wrestled. You know, <laughs> well, what's funny the match the matches I had where I had the most fun. I I dig dates. I I could probably not name any date I did after 1995. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, I remember my match with Gemini Kid was May was uh, May 10th. Quick, gave me the date of your singles match against Hal Kid. <laughs> You're like I've been trying to forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Lucha is gonna gonna tweet you the date. Watch, he's gonna tell you. Watch, watch. He's gonna no, my my uh, my debut was July twenty third, nineteen eighty three. Yeah, Bell, California, the Azteca Gym, the boxing gym. It was in a boxing ring too. Went to a ten minute draw with a surgeon. I was supposed to do the job, but he couldn't remember the finish. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it was complicated. Really? In his defense, it was complicated. This was the finish. I throw him into the turnbuckle. Is I it, charge him. He moves out of the way. I hit my head in the turnbuckle. He pins me. Is it that on video? Is that the no? no? Unfortunately, oh, okay. Because I was trying to remember that was the one you had the match in. Um, oh, that was in yeah. Hawaiian Gardens. Yeah, that and, one. And, and oh, again, September thirtieth, nineteen eighty-three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wrestled uh, uh, Tom Hankins, and then I wrestled Pistol Pete. Yeah, on that show. Yeah. No, no, but some people have have real knack for dates. I, 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 you know, I kind of feel bad because, like, like Kato Kung Lee, when he was forgetting stuff, he would look at the guy interviewing him mm-hmm. in one of the interviews I was I was watching, and he, and the guy, I don't think the guy even bothered like like taking information. Whereas, like, and he took paper to like actually ask him questions. I'm like, if you take paper, you should actually write take notes like on the dates. Mm-hmm. I go, whereas like when we do interviews, that's like sporadic, you know, it's like out of the, out of the blue, we get an interview with somebody. Yeah. Not, I don't go plan. We don't plan the interview. Yeah. I was going to say it, it, it would be kind of fun if we, we did that, but if we, if we knew we were going to have an interview with somebody where we had like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun to kind of, the, the trouble when do we're doing that here is like, you gotta ask the promoter sometimes, and the promoters mm-hmm. yep. are just, yep. you know, sometimes they're gonna be up for it. Sometimes they're gonna be like, I don't like asking for for me personally. I don't like asking for favors that like that way. Right. That way. Yeah. Ahead of time, it's like if I'm there, I'll ask me, "Hey, you want to do an interview? Make it spontaneous. We yeah. say, hey, that's cool. Thanks. I'll write it." But it's like if I gotta ask and jump through hoops to mm-hmm. get it, it's like, oh, no, fuck no, that. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'll I'll find a way to go through the whole situation. We'll put on our glasses, nose, and mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And- yeah, so Kato Kuni really, I mean, and you know, it's it's he had a really long career too. Like I, I was really impressed with his um his whole trajectory, like going to UWA, um, co- going back to CMLL, EMLL at that time, then becoming an independent. Like I like to read up more on him now. Yeah, and it's funny, six degrees of separation. I want to learn more about Oswaldo Johnson now. Yeah, yeah. I seriously, I do. Yeah. It's just. I just, and that wasn't that that was something that um he brought it up in an interview and I thought who the hell's Oswaldo Johnson you know cuz you know yeah th- that's what I said when I when I heard him and so I started I looked it up and I said like, holy shit this guy was a big deal I saw it on a on a I think it was somebody who wrote um did a little write up on Central American wrestling yes and I thought man that's I could have done more research on Oswaldo Johnson but it's like Guy just died. Kato Kuni just passed away. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, I, I was for the future. Yeah, I was like, but I, I have that in my head. I kind of want to do a little more. And you know, you have the Guatemala 
article magazines that you brought along. I gotta look. Those the are fun little magazines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are a trip. Yeah, when you sent the turtle picture, I was like, oh, he's talking about those Guatemala. <laughs> <magazines>. <laughs> I do this because it's. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, you know, like I want to do a write up on the history of the turtle, the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Actually, I, I, that'd be cool. that'd be kind of fun. I'll never forget uh, when it started becoming a fad and seeing one of the first incarnations of the Ninja Turtles. You know what I actually want to do a research on is um, Super Muñeco's promotion. I would, I'd be right with you on that. Considering it was if like a gimmick, a, to, a gimmick type of thing. So, uh, the characters, uh, Super Archie, yeah, Bird Boy 1 and 2. Uh, oh, what were some other ones? It, it well, I know was, he had Vader, Darth Vader. That's right. That was like his main heel. It was almost like a Titanis and El Ring, except it sounded like the rest. The wrestling was crisper than to, yeah, I, Titanis and El Ring. Because I know Super Muñeco said he caught, kind of caught a lot of flack for that promotion because it was a kiddie promotion. I think it was him and somebody else who did the. Promotion. Yeah, in fact, something I, I I remember Conan telling me when um, I, when I first knew him and and Super Muñeco was kind of more based out of Tijuana at at that time mm-hmm. and uh, Conan. I remember Conan telling me. He got a lot of heat, and he says a lot of guys actually would shoot him, shoot on him, and yeah. smack him around. And he said uh, that was a mistake because that just made him tough, and he eventually started fighting back. Yeah. And, and uh, I'll never forget we we interviewed him once at San Bernardino oh, and, really? and Pat Hoed, and I'll never forget him just pulling his mask down because you know how he has the um, yeah 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 pulls the mask down, and there's just scars all over that forehead. <laughs> And I, I got, you know, and, um, uh, I mean, he, he's probably not a traditional shooter in the sense of mm-hmm. tech, but I... Just somebody who can take care of himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a badass who's not going to take it. Yeah. And, and I, I, I kind of dug that. Like somebody's trying to get smart and, hey, you just got beaten by a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> I dug their trio. That was my favorite. Yeah, I thing. love Fran- yeah. Trio Fantastic. Trio Fantastic, yeah. That's, that's the, that was like the, the one time I really had like those long email conversation with Jose poor guy yes <laughs> <laughs> poor guy who, well he picked the subject so he, he knew more I, but I'm with you if, if there's any way we could find info on Munieko's promotion I, I've yeah. been curious about that for years yeah so we should probably talk more news yes um, Dorian Rodan finally talked about because they were doing the press conference for the Lucha Libre World mm-hmm. Cup so he had two a couple sit down interviews about talking about AAA business and he actually talked about some of the people who have come and gone. Um, Sexy Star, he revealed Sexy Star was still in AAA. Although, that, surpri- that surprised uh, me. Although, I guess Sexy Star, doesn't, like, she doesn't know why she's not in the World Cup. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she's not sure why she's not in that. Um, she, she hasn't wrestled there. But she wasn't wrestling that much even before that. Mm, yeah. She was like, because she was always getting hurt or something. And then she, she's, she really, I think she's financially set where she, right. she could just pick what she wants to do. And I don't think she's that. I think she's not as into jobbing. And I'm a little, I'm a little confused. I bet they could find somebody as hot as her who could probably wrestle a little better, not have an attitude. Yeah. Well, you know the thing, and the, the the other thing is also the pay is also the issue with yeah. them. There, that was an issue with them. Um, he did also reveal Conan was officially gone from AAA. <laughs> but this is funny. He said, he said um, Conan. They asked him. Um, I think it was. Um, Jose Manuel, Jose, uh, uh, Jose Manuel Guillen asked him, um, so what about Conan? Is he gone? And he's like, he's like, yeah, Conan's gone. Um, he's pretty much made it pretty clear that he's gone, you know? 
<laughs> I think he's already kind of heard the, all the the all the talk on Twitter because I cause I read a lot of the quotes from Conan on I don't I forget which interview it was but pretty much saying they well he did the I I translated the one he did in Spanish and mm-hmm. then I translate the one in English well I didn't translate the one in English I just recapped the the one in, <laughs> a bunch of people recapped the English one but it's like he just pretty much was done with it and you know the the most recent one he really took it to um to Dorian where he said he's just not good at the business mm-hmm. and just being he just bashed them really badly wow. but it's like but that's how Conan I think Conan's kind of thought that way about him mm-hmm. a lot and you know it's weird because I, I I think there's been other guys who have like kind of been who've dealt with Conan and they've always had like this they don't they talk about how he's yeah he's a good guy but they don't want to deal with him business wise Cassandra brought because it up. Cassandra was the first one I thought of the when you said that. The brought that up. And Conan got upset about that, but it's like, ah, dude, it's kind of true, bro. You can't, no, I, I, you can't really, like, if somebody doesn't want to work with you, you can't talk shit about them. I, 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 love, I love Conan, but I think I said this on a recent podcast, too. Uh, his, his blatantly expressed opinions... Are going to rub people the wrong way too. Yeah, exactly. It, it, in you know, there's some times where it may, might make him look cool, and it might get him some more, but it could also shoot him in the foot. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, he he's knows had nine lives, and he knows it shoots him in the foot. But I, I yeah. think, I think the the thing where it's like, it, it, sometimes it gets a little harsh. Where it's like, it kinda, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. And this thing, this with Doran is getting really harsh, but it's like it's funny because I don't it. All this stuff has that was going on, the bus accident, and all this mm-hmm. stuff. He was still he was still working with the promotion. Mm-hmm. He didn't bring it up when he was working for them. When he left, yeah. it's really so. It's kind of it's kind of you know it's hypocritical at the same time because you know if you're if you really feel that way, you would have quit months ago. <laughs> like like you oh, would exactly, quit. Exactly. You would have quit like as soon as you heard somebody say that. Hey, they, they oh, start, and you know I understand the process takes a while it for does, it to come it does. out. Oh, it reminds me of uh, the time years ago when Superstar Graham was on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Russell reunion where he was like just shitting on WWE. Oh, that was funny. That was the, a, the one. I, oh, that wasn't the one you were thinking. I was about? thinking of the Donahue show he was on. Oh, you know man. the famous Donahue. Yeah, that was. And old. and he was talking about uh, how. What did he say? Did he say he saw Patterson? I don't know. I don't remember. I can't that. remember. But he said he. I saw thought you were talking about the Russell reunion one. <laughs> he thought that was funny in itself. Yeah. Uh, but he was talking about witnessing an underage kid being yeah misappropriately handled or I can't remember inappropriately touched, and somebody in the audience says, "Why didn't you report it?" And he just says, he just answered like, "I'm talking. He was doing something bad to that kid." And she's saying, yeah, but why didn't you report it? it so it's almost yeah, like it's, you're saying, oh, I didn't want to lose my job. Yeah, yeah. When I lose my job, I'll, t- I'll talk about it's it. Like, Otherwise, like, screw that like kid. I don't if, care if, if you're going to take a stand, hey, you lose your job, you got to take a stand, you know? That's, yeah. That's how I've always been. Like, I, I'm not, and that's why I don't work for other people, too. So exactly. Self-employment is like, that's, that's, um, so, um, so he also, um, he also talked about Alberto's departure, mm-hmm. um, Mystic's departure, and, um. Cyber, cyberneticos, and he did talk about cybernetical and electroshocks, and he said there's legal issues between the with it involved with oh, those two. Okay. That's still he's he did say that the process takes longer than it, people probably wish it did. And I and I just skimmed the skimmed it really briefly, but he was pretty cordial with Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. said he said he left the right way, and I, I laughed because when when I was telling you that Meltzer 
took a lot of the stuff I wrote mm-hmm. and put it in the Observer. Yeah. And Meltzer wrote, the only thing he did add, he's like, it's weird that he thinks that he cor- he was so cordial towards um, Alberto leaving in a good way when he was the one that probably hurt them more than any of the other guys <laughs> that left. And, you know, I actually thought, you know, not to be, because, I mean, sometimes I feel like, like with because with Lucha, it's very family-oriented. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, I feel like I'm being insensitive where I say, hey, if I was running the promotion, I would just dump half the roster because they suck. Mm-hmm. But that's my way of thinking. You yeah. know, I don't, it's like, that's, but what you don't think about, oh, they got family and all this stuff. It's like, no, you know, they're, they're bad at their job. You got to fire them. And when, when you're actually in the eye of the hurricane. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, and I'm thinking, cybernetical left. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> or or electro, electroshock left. Great. I can move somebody up, else up. But, you know, it's weird because they don't, they didn't, they had Flamita. Mm-hmm. They let him go. It's like, you get all these great workers. It's not like. It's not like it, wrestling doesn't work where it's like cybernetic at least. Oh, Pentagon Jr. is mm-hmm. going to move up. No. They bring in somebody shittier in Pagano. Yes. And he's the one that's main eventing. And it's like, oh, my God. You, so it's scratching your head. Yeah. So it's like, so that was Dorian's side. Conan blasted him. Um, the, the whole Conan thing, he did talk about um, when, when Dorian talked about mysticism, he talked about how he left the ba- in a bad way. And mm-hmm. he kind of sounded, that was the one time he did sound bitter, mm-hmm. Dorian. Um so then Conan revealed the story about um, Mystic, how he was, how AAA wanted to pay back Mysticis by creating Mysticis Jr. Flamita being Mysticis oh, Jr. Oh, uh-huh. Which what Conan immediately told, said, he told Flamita, don't, don't accept doing the gimmick because mm-hmm. that's going to kill you. Yeah. He's like, and, I, and to me, Mysticis didn't do enough in AAA for me to take the gimmick. He was in for in in, in there for like when, all of five minutes. It seemed like when Mystico Two, Mystico, mm-hmm. the new Mystico took the Mystico gimmick. Hey, the other guy was the top drawing card in in yeah. wrestling for like five years. You I know, I I felt so bad. You take it, he, but you still feel bad for him because it's a it's a heavy burden. It's for a him. heavy burden. You could tell he's working his butt off trying to make now, a yeah, and it's just but it's just not. And he had a he had a lot of bad luck and. and Finally, he's starting to look good. Mm-hmm. Um, but Flamita, I mean, he was going to follow somebody who didn't really do well, didn't really last in AAA, didn't have a name. It wasn't going to work. The Octagon name I could understand because mm-hmm. Octagon had a history mm-hmm. and was somebody who had like a, you know, the the whole, like fans knew who he was and mm-hmm. he was AAA at, 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 a, at one point. But it's like, even that, you knew Octagon. Like, if you knew Octagon, you knew that was going to happen. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that Flamita got out of that situation. Really and that's cool. what I mean. Flamita, yeah. he didn't agree with it. He left. That's great. And I mean, that's what I think. I think that was if, a smart thing Yes, to if do. you don't agree with something, you're going to leave. And that's what Flamita mm-hmm. did. I think that's probably more impressive. To me, that's, he wins me over with that. Me too. And, and, he, and he's getting a ton of bookings, too. I was going to so. say, he looks like... A kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, he's twenty one. I mean, twenty twenty one years. To old. me, that's a kid. Yes. But it's not, but no seriously. But as that, you know, it's funny. Like it's a smart move. It's funny because I see people who like, well, they get they they they're big fans of Flamita, and I'm a I like him and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't mark out for a lot of these younger guys because you know they're kids. You know, it's like to yeah. me, it's like it's weird. It's weird. I'm not gonna be like all like like even when I talk like when I talk to Volador Junior, he's closer to my age. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, I have a. I have this. There's the level of respect and, for him, and also I think I get. I think I think we tend to get a little more impressed, not by somebody's first amazing 
a run of success. It's yeah, yeah. The legacy they build up. Yeah. Mascar Dorada Junior has, has been around for a while. Yeah. But like, but then you compare us talking to like like interviewing or meeting um, Blue Panther, mm-hmm. Nergo Navarro, even Oriental, who's older. Like I think he's probably a couple years older than I am. Mm-hmm. He's probably in between our age range. Yeah. So so it's like these are guys like oh yeah this guy's done something. It's like and. Some of the younger guys, it's like when, when they, like, when, because the reason I bring this is because people always ask us, are you going to interview this guy? And it's like some guy who's just started in Lucha. First of all, a lot of the young guys it, locally don't want to do interviews like the younger guys. They don't mm-hmm. want to do, because they're, they're shy, you know, they, exactly, they haven't done enough. Exactly. They want, kind of want to build up their confidence and stuff like that. They don't think they have much to talk about. So and like, they probably don't know what they're supposed to say, what yeah, they're so not then, supposed to say. So then, like, like, Flamita, he has a story. He's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. too. So it's like, but it's like it just kind of it's weird like to I'm just glad he did he made the right decision to leave and not yeah that sounded like a really bad bad situation he could always go back at some other time but it's like it's I think I think he's kind of at that point where he might actually end up making a name for himself outside I hope he does I've only seen one match of his and I just I just uh, I I think I've been watching him wrestle since he was like that's great I saw one match but it was was a I can't remember who he's wrestling it was a lengthy match and I know it was the Volador match Yes. Yeah. I believe it was. Yeah. But I, 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 just, I just thought, damn, he's good. But like, but I it's said, so funny. <laughs> like, AAA gets him. Yeah. CMML, CMLL could have had him because he's always wanted to work mm-hmm. for that promotion. But they don't bring him in because, as Volador Jr. said, they think he's too small. So what happens? Yes. He becomes an independent. He's working main event matches <laughs> against CML guys. <laughs> and I think he, if I was CML, I would bring him in. I don't care if he's small you know they got some like most of their like Dragon Lee isn't a tall guy I think I think these guys in CML forget that some of the Panico some of these guys are like small guys I know Panico and um, Jose Luis Feliciano are small too and and some of their biggest draws in history were little Mystico like Caristico was a small guy yes yes Go back to Gory Guerrero uh, Cavernario Galindo I don't know maybe it's just little dudes I would just think like I would want to, like, like th- whatever I'm doing now isn't drawing attendance-wise. Yeah. Why not bring in somebody who's arguably one of the best wrestlers? And, like, why not build a promotion around great wrestling and see maybe that will bring yeah. in people, you know? Although that doesn't necessarily... Having great wrestling doesn't necessarily mean it's going to draw more people. It doesn't. You've got to figure out what will There's draw. Th- I, well, it's all, it, it always is funny. Although the Friday show, that Friday show, the last one looked pretty packed. So there's, there's at least yeah. some people going. Well, and it's funny at the times when I talk with guys who are doing indie promotions and they're not drawing, they like to be set in their ways, I found, whether they're young or they're yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you try su- to suggest something to them and they're going, oh, no, that wouldn't work. And I'm saying, well, promote it like this or maybe not have, not have 20 matches in one night or do this, that, and the other thing. And they always have a reason why it won't work, yet... They're drawing 20 people to the match. Well, you know, I got to give credit to that one promotion in Cleveland, um, AI, AI Wrestle, AIW. Um, they actually have been doing a lot of stuff where they bring in... They had a, a show where it was mostly women, mm-hmm. women's matches, but they had a lucha match in between. Mm-hmm. And the lucha match was um, DJ Z from TNA, um, mm-hmm. Sima Ion. Oh, okay, yes. Um, teaming up with Bando- Bandolero mm-hmm. from Chicago. It was three Chicago luchadors. Bandolero... Versus Gringo Loco, who's I think you've you've seen him in I think we talked about it. He was mm-hmm. in IWRG, yep. and um, God, I forgot the other guy, Sky Day Junior. Okay, uh, yeah, Sky, Sky Day's um, son. So um, 
they have this amazing match. Mm-hmm. The one, the one thing, of course, the one thing that people decide to to give is um, Gringo Loco landing face first, trying to do a a, a Brio Dorada. Oh, and I'm like, dude, course. that match is great. Go back and go back and do gifts of the other stuff, please. And I don't know if they've done it. That I mean, but it's like, but well, you know, the same kind of people who. Want well, you know, the, I even it was funny because Mascara Dorada responded to it, and I wrote, I wrote Mascara Dorada and the and the and the the guy. The guy's cool. The guy who does the gift. I mean, he's mm-hmm. doing he's doing a lot of work, but it, he's not gonna listen to this because I, I already know he doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like he said. Um, I told him, you know, that guy's really good. I go, I go, Gringo Loco is a really good worker. And I think, and he's actually very experienced. I go, it just shows you how difficult that move is. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I agree and everything. And we all agreed and everything. But it was kind of funny because I thought, I just felt I had to defend the guy because I kind of felt bad for him. I would him. too. What, you know, in fact, there, there, are, there are some funny gifts of guys messing with a spot or stuff, but... But at the same time, it's, there, so, it's so weird how people, if somebody's getting mugged in the streets, people pull out their cell phones not to call 911, but to film it and put yeah, it on YouTube. But, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because there are some things where they fuck up because mm-hmm. it's stupid. Mm-hmm. But there's things where it's like a guy trying to do a spot and it happens. Exactly. That, I don't think that's something you should make fun of. I think that should be something, oh, he tried. Exactly. It shouldn't be like, oh, you know, like. Being a, like, oh, look at this guy. Look at this fool. And it's like, no, he actually tried something. And, you know, Gringo Loco knocked himself silly in that match, mm-hmm. and he still kept going. He recovered, kept wrestling. The match was fantastic That's after awesome. that. Yeah, and that guy's really good. He's the guy who, I mean, like Steve Payne in, um, here in L.A., mm-hmm. that guy would have been a bit, that guy's somebody, I'm surprised he hasn't been caught, he hasn't caught on with, like, Lucha Underground or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they have great matches. But, see, like, they don't, it's like, they're not a promotion where you're thinking, oh, they're gonna. They're in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You would think they would stick with whatever they do in Cleveland, mm-hmm. the indie wrestling in that area. But no, they're bringing in like different stuff. They have Shayna Baszler, the whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The MMA chick. They brought in them. They're bringing in the, the lucha. But what I'm most impressed with isn't that they're bringing because they're bringing in lucha underground guys, mm-hmm. the the triple eight lucha underground guys like Aerostar. Um, they're bringing Flamita in. Mm-hmm. No, they're not the ones bringing Aerostar. They brought in Pentagon, I think, in the past. But they're bringing in Flamita. And uh, but what I found more impressive was that they brought in three luchadors that aren't known outside of that Chicago area, really. Because I mean, Gringo Loco, yeah, he was known by some of us because he worked in Nokalpan. Yeah, but it wasn't like this big promotion. It wasn't CMLL or AAA where they're like, yeah, they're not looking for Lucha Underground Junior for the name value or AAA or or Lucha Underground, more or less Lucha Underground. These are guys that they brought in and they like these guys can have a good match. Let's see what they could do. Maybe they'll bring in more people. And yeah, they. They did. They were very impressive. I mean, that was probably the best match on the on the card. I, That's there's cool. There's people who have said that. You know, it's refreshing when promoters really yeah. try to. Try and you to know, it's weird because works. we've we've been to shows here where it's American promoters and they don't even try lucha. Yes. PWG, perfect example. Oh, totally. I don't want to rip them because they've actually they they use little, little cholo in the past mm-hmm. and they're using lucha underground the AAA lucha underground guys like Pentagon Jr. But I mean, how many years were we talking about? Why don't they bring in like? Some of these guys like Piloto and Acero oh, and some of the other of guys. Good, a lot of good work. They're not bringing in the luchadors. Like, why is that? But it's because they had their different style. They were more Americanized, and that's not really what they wanted to yeah. do. So it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, what's wrong? You oh. quit? <laughs> You're tired? Probably should wind it up soon, but... Uh, yeah, well, showed up late, Kurt. I know. This is true. We still have, like, a long list hey, of Hey, wait stuff a minute. Up. We went to a show with, Rey Myster- with three Rey Mysterios, you know. 
That's right. You didn't even want to bring that up. And you didn't. It's funny. You watched the entire show and then you missed the Rey Mysterio's match, the main event. And that's like the biggest moment in the whole I, I show. I was happened. in the parking lot talking with Mercurio Jr. Yeah, but you, And then we heard this big hush inside the building where. Yeah, we thought one of the Rey Mysterios had died. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, that's not funny. I'm trying to remember. Was he doing the baseball slide out of the ring and. No, he did a. He, there was no baseball slide. <laughs> oh, that's he what did, I thought it was. He did like a, like a head scissors or something on one of the guys. And then he, like. I guess he must have hit his head or had suffered whiplash. He. He looked fine. He rolled outside. Then he like kneeled on the side, and just, just passed. yeah, just collapsed. Yeah, I heard it was scary for a minute. Or yeah, two. well, I mean, you just had Ray Mysterio Senior tell us tell wrestlers to be careful to be in the careful. ring. Yeah, Ray, Ray, and then his own son well, is for the people. One. Ray, the original Ray Mysterio Senior was being honored at the show, and uh, you know, in case you don't know, uh, he's been in a wheelchair for several years now. Yeah, and cervical. Yeah, I, and he he's always emphasizing to wrestlers, you know, take care of yourselves. Don't you know? <laughs> don't do anything dangerous. We should take on Lucha Underground. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I'm starting to worry about Lucha Underground. Some of the stuff they're doing because a lot really? of those guys are starting to get hurt. Well, I heard about uh, the, the, was it Matanza, Matanza? but then his... you're hearing about Jack Evans getting hurt. Yeah, and, uh, and Angelico. I was watching the Graver Consequences match. I don't know how gimmick the the coffins are, mm-hmm. but I mean some of the stuff is like I'm like just thinking, man, this is kind of like crossing the line of what. And and the thing is, I I think you can get the show with it over without doing that stuff. Well, too. you know, it's it, it it. I'm sure people are like, oh man, you guys are sounding old, but it's like it's not really an old thing because it's like I'm sure there's people watching. It's like, yeah, this is kind of getting out of hand, you know. <laughs> it yeah. Just, it just seemed it just seemed kind of like it just seems a little out there sometimes. Like it's like. I even made I even made the joke I go I go because they broke out all four caskets that they had mm-hmm. and I said wow they really needed a fifth ca- casket <laughs> <laughs> and they really yeah. Yeah, yeah, need need a real coroner there yeah yeah, yeah yeah no I, I well okay going back to the Negro Casas versus Hedgy Cerro match so but we haven't even talked about that we just mentioned it in passing yeah. so much of that match was just beautiful mat work yeah and it was over. And yeah, they did some wild stuff, but they paced it. And but the wild stuff is just regular wrestling. It wasn't like them, like oh, let me jump off of this top of the rooftop of this building. And it worked. Am I right? The crowd and, loved and it, see, right? And I don't mind. Like I understand. Like if you're doing a rooftop, that's great. Like you do it once, but it's like I think it's going to get to the point where they're going to start doing it a little too often. See, see, that's that's the thing is because now they're cursing now also, and it's like they're starting to they're oh, trying wow. they're. They're trying to hotshot everything nowadays. So they're trying like, to push the envelope. Yeah, they're trying to be WWE like that. Well, and you know, to sound like one of the typical. Old, I kind of want Conan old... to finally start bringing up stuff. I'm like, <laughs> like he hasn't really gone gone at Lucha Underground. He's because I guess he still has a contract with them. Could be. So, but he's well, ripped well, AAA. I, so I mean, and and wrestling in general. Uh, okay, the old man in me coming out. I remember, you know, when I knew Journeyman back in the 80s, you know, one of the things they said, you know, you save the big bumps and the wild bumps for special matches. You don't yeah. do them every single show, especially when you're wrestling seven nights a week. You know, you want to pace the matches, do some mat work, work the crowd, do the high spots. And it... it it seems like we see so many cases of guys wanting to do everything in their repertoire every single night. Well, remember, we, you and I were talking about 
that opening match in New Hall a few years ago. Two guys who were big and muscular looked perfect for WWE, just the way they looked. And they were doing all these wild moves. Oh, the one that got it with the one that got hurt, the guy that got yeah, hurt. got his shoulder got yeah badly separated. Yes, yeah, separated. I think he's not even wrestling anymore. I don't think so. He it looked bad. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen guys get separated shoulders. I think this might have been worse. And there might have been thirty people in the building, and, and most of them were thirty. Less you think? Oh, dude, there wasn't even twenty there. I, I, I go. I, I know. I, no, no. I, 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 I like, know what? I don't. I was like, I was like thirty. Where'd you get thirty? No, I mean, I everybody in our everybody at our table. If they ever listen to this podcast, they're gonna be like thirty. <laughs> Where'd you get thirty? There wasn't even thirty if you count the ring, the the, the referee, and, and the, the two most of those thirty weren't even paid. No, there was like there was at least I, I think there was like sixteen people in there. Pro- I think you might be right. Yeah, um, counting the referee and the ring girl. Yeah, well, the ring girl was there all the time. So. Yeah, um, what was way, you 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 and me and Logan and Ken and Dan are yeah. that night was skinny skinny kid Jones. Who was that? He's that. Little oh yeah, guy the guy who went who to ma- the yeah the guy who got into who got into that argument that um who had that match where that guy stretched them right? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember his real Ryan, name. Ryan, um, Ryan Kidd. He, Ryan Kidd, okay. Yeah. But to us, he's always Skinny Kid Jones. Because he, he's wrestling in, um, he wrestled in Mexico a while ago. Yeah, um, uh, but, but it's, it's it, you know, it, I don't know. I, you know, not being in the business, I, there's probably a lot of things I'm missing, but I don't know. I do think there's a way you could still get over with the crowd, but well, not see, it's not with, with Lucha Underground. It's not. It's not the. It's not the wrestling. It's the actually them doing those. those yeah, thing, the, no, that's the true too. Stunt work. It's basically stunt work. It's like I'm not sure that's gonna really. I mean, they're not. There's there's only so many people who are gonna watch the show anyway. So yeah, it's like this is true. They're kind of going a little this too is far. True. Um, I wanted to ask you about this with Volador Junior. Okay. Okay. Has this ever happened to you? Uh huh. Did you ever forget your wife's birthday? Never. Never. Not once. Volador Jr. forgot his wife's oh. birthday. <laughs> a lot of guys do that, though. And, you know, it's so funny because he revealed it on Informa. And, you know, people were like, why, why is he talking about this? But um, he was kind of talking about his schedule. And um, he actually brought up that he had forgotten his wife's birthday. And mm-hmm. rather than the announcer the, telling him, okay, let's... Because the announcer, has, he doesn't really have a lot of questions for him. So he just decides to get mm-hmm. him to keep going. And so he was talking about how... He's, his schedule, he wrestled in uh, Monterey and Nuevo Laredo last weekend. Mm-hmm. He's going to work, um, he's been spending most of his, the rest of his free time packing to go to Japan. Mm-hmm. He's going to be gone for a month. So um, he completely forgot his wife's birthday. Oh, wow. You know his wife, Bruni, mm-hmm. very attractive. Gorgeous, yes. Yeah, so he's like, he felt so bad and um, she told him, she told him he was an ego, ego, an ego or whatever something like that like <laughs> some some word that was offensive. Uh, like a narcissist yeah that yeah. narcissist i think that might have been the mm-hmm. in, in spanish it's an egoista and mm-hmm. um okay. and so he felt really bad and i thought oh man but then i'm thinking why are you bringing this up on the show so then they asked him why don't you do the to t- tell apologize to her in the in, uh-huh through the camera, and I'm like, dude, come on, just let him, <laughs> just let him go, because he's, and he said, why am I going to do that, I already apologize, it's like, it's like, it's like oh, I'm no. like, but I know, I know if we see him again, I'm going to ask him about right that, that's the right thing to say, uh, no, he's told the guy, he's like, why am I going to do it again, I already apologize, it's not, it's right. not, okay, he's you. not going to do it on TV, uh, on, on YouTube, <laughs> that's stupid, um, there's a lot of people who've, did, I don't know if I mentioned, uh, we mentioned 
El Torito was cut by WWE. Yes, I've heard that. Yeah. So Mascarita Dorada might be coming hey, back, so that's good. I'm up for that. Yeah, um, Delta is gone from CMLL. He revealed this on Facebook after a few people realized he hasn't been on CMLL lately. <laughs> He's been gone since, like, early April. I was going to say, I haven't heard his name in a while. And is he just going to do indies? He's or is he... working up north in... Um, Nuevo Laredo, okay. where he's from. You know, really, I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you're at a certain point, at a certain spot in CML, I think you kind of have to move on and, like, see if there's yeah, other yeah. other places you could do stuff. Um, man, Curry, this is going to disappoint you. Lady Maravilla is gone from AAA. You're like, who is that? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, wait, wait, I was scared you were going to say Amapola has retired. Um, Jinzo has changed his name. Here's another name change uh-huh. in wrestling. Jinzo has changed his name to Ronnie Mendoza. Huh? Hey, Ronnie Mendoza. I don't know if that's his real name. It has a, actually, it has a, that's better than Jinzo, I think. <laughs> Jinzo. <laughs> Jinzo, yeah. Jinzo just, it sounds, it sounds like a knife they're selling on an infomercial or something. I mean, uh, okay, yeah, Ronnie Mendoza, okay. But the greatest name change is from Electroshock to, to Mr. Electro. Electro. Okay, let me get through Lucha Underground. Okay. The two weeks ago, the show you missed, Matanza beat Mil Muertes. Mm-hmm. The match I was telling you that had a lot of gimmicks in it. Mm-hmm. They even had like a like that iron the lead glove. Oh yes, that yes. They in the, it was actually a pretty good match, but it's like you got Mil Muertes and Matanza. I could, I'm pretty sure they didn't need four caskets to go through. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one casket would have been enough. And you know, I actually wouldn't have minded. Like I actually like the idea of them trying to bury one. You know, put one in mm-hmm. the casket. I, they maybe needed the extra one to put Katrina in, mm-hmm. but then there's like so much stuff that they're doing, like just throwing each other on, on the stuff. And I'm, I'm like I said, maybe the the caskets are gimmicked where it doesn't really hurt them as right. much. I don't know. And like I like, but even then, when, when the, the, that story where Matanza hurt his cut his hand, yeah. I mean, you gimmick one glass window, but you don't gimmick the other one. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, have you met these guys? They're not, like, they're not really going to be thinking what they're going to hit. They're probably going to hit the wrong one. You know, they're, right. they're not, they're not stunt. They're not doing, exactly. they're not, they're doing, not stunt men. They're not doing, they're not stunt men where they're, where they're just going for that one. I'm going to, like, maybe, hey, if you want to do that, bring in a stunt man, have them punch the, punch the, the, the actual window that's not real. Yes. And then show Matanza, like, in pain or whatever, you know? Right, right. If that's what you're going to worry about. Um, we found out Katrina's been waiting 197 years for the moment that Mil Muertes would beat Matanza. Uh. So um, that was why. Um, that's so stupid. Is that the reason? That was the reason MVP was fired because he revealed that she was 197 years old. Oh my lord! Really? I mean, seriously. That's just silly. That is the stupidest thing. They come up with some of the stupidest shit that. You know the paranoia in that. Yes, yes, yes. You know such great shows, and it's like they're so paranoid. It's like weird. Oh man! But that's wrestling, also. It is. Um, this past Wednesday show, um, Daga won a four way match. Apparently, Cobra Moon has the has the hots for him. Oh, okay. And Daga's kind of confused. Killshot <laughs> finally had a really good match. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen. Killshot. I have not seen Killshot. Um, he's kind of looked in previous matches. He kind of looked like a guy who could do a lot of good spots, like. Good dives, good kicks, a lot of good striking mm-hmm. spots, but he didn't like the rest of the match. Just didn't flow. He wrestled Marty the Moth. The match was a lot smoother, looked good. Really, probably their best oh, match cool, that they've had. Cool. Um, Chavo won the Gift of the Gods title mm-hmm. that he had stolen from Brian Cage. Oh, but um, he 
he um, Cage ended up helping Chavo Guerrero win the match. It was a seven-way match. Mm-hmm. The gift. Do you know what the gift of the gods belt is? No. It's basically about where um, there's seven the Aztec medallions. Remember the Aztec medallions yes. I was talking about. See, this is how I know you're not. You haven't caught up yet. <laughs> the seven Aztec medallions. Um, they all. Each one of them goes into a belt. Mm-hmm. So then the belt. It's the gift of the gods. Uh, so they have all seven show up, put in the, the, the medallion. Cage is upset because he does he should be in the match. Dario Cueto says he can't because Chavo's already in it. Mm-hmm. So then Chavo put in the... At first, Cage was going to stop him from putting the medallion into the, 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 the belt because mm-hmm. that way he could get it back. But um, Chavo tricked him by putting a, a, a washer into a bag, <laughs> a metal washer. So I actually he, like was able, he was able to sneak in and put the, the gift of the gods... The, the, the metal and the Aztec medallion in yes. there. So then when they had the match, Cage came out and instead of destroying Chavo, he destroyed everybody else and helped Chavo win. Mm-hmm. So what happened, the reason he helped Chavo win was because earlier he had made an agreement with Dario Cueto where he was going to get the first ma- title match against Chavo Guerrero next week. Mm-hmm. So that's the match. Chavo's very upset about that. Um, the main event, actually that was the main event. Um, the end of it. This is actually the end of it. Mm-hmm. They show Vampiro, and he's um, got Pentagon Junior strapped onto this thing, like just hanging, like just hanging off the roof. Like he's just hanging off the roof, uh-huh. and he's hitting him with the cane, hitting him in the back with the cane. Because as you know, Pentagon Junior, um, he's got a broken back and he's in a wheelchair. He's confined in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. so he hits him with the cane. That's the way, and he realizes that's not working. So he grabs a, ba- uh, a barbed wire baseball bat, and that's how he's going to get... That's part of his recovery process. Uh. <laughs> so, so that... Bar- like bar- that barbed, yes. wire, barbed wire therapy. Yes, I think that's part of Obamacare. I think Obamacare is... <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's covered by Obamacare. Okay, so. this is it. Pentagon Jr. for president, baby. Yeah. So, so you, just, you just see Pentagon Jr. hanging there, and, and Vampiro's got this great idea of whipping him with the, hitting him with the, with the barbed wire band, and it's like, that's, that's the ending. I'm actually up for Pentagon Jr.'s president. I, I think he'd be better than any. He'd be better than Trump and Clinton. Yeah, any point. of them. Oh, yeah. God, we're, we're fucked. But it's so funny, like, he's, he's, gotten, like, he's become, like, this huge star there. Mm-hmm. And he did an interview with um, Conan. He actually ended up doing the interview with Conan. Really? Yeah, so... Um, and he was talking about how Lucha Underground, basically because of that, he's getting bookings in the mm-hmm. U.S. He's like, that's... And they were asking him how, how he view, views wrestling. He's like, you know, a lot of guys get into business. They want to be, like, the top star in their area. Mm-hmm. He's like, but ever since I started, he's like, I got a wife and I have three daughters. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I got to think about them. So my plan, my thinking isn't to just be a star, you know, in my local area. Was, my plan wasn't to be a star in my local area or be a star in... I want to be a star worldwide because mm-hmm. I want to make money. Right. It's like, because I have a wife and three daughters to support. Yes, he has. A, the, he's yeah. seeing this as a career rather yeah, than yeah. just patting himself on the back. Yeah, so it's like, he's, and, and, and even that, like even, but still, even having the, the, the mentality of like, he has the mentality where he wants to ha- give the fans the best match possible. Mm-hmm. I think that's also one of the things. And I think that's what separates like the really great wrestlers from the, the guys who you kind of look at and it's like, yeah. Like oh, what yeah. we're saying about Mascara. Mascara's kind of not... Right, right. Like even if you look at La Mascara and Maximo, they're both from the same family, but you get Maxim- Maximo gives you like a little more of a... You kind of see that he kind of has a little more of it than La Mascara. And, and it's... I'm just in my, in my opinion, 
a few years ago, something sparked in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always good, but now he seems like some sort of inspiration took hold of him. Yeah, and of course, where is he on trip on CML television? Yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's, he's never around. <laughs> he's it's the their booking is so weird. It's like it is weird. It is weird. But he's he he's gotten a lot bigger push than I ever thought he would. Yeah, yeah. Wow, he's a world years. champion. So yeah. Okay, I, I I I'll just go over this briefly. But as we talked about in the last episode, I have committed to watching Arena Puebla shows. So I watched the last two Mondays, and I won't go over. You've the watched whole... three weeks, haven't you? It's three weeks, right? Uh, but you're talking the last two Mondays. The last two Mondays, but you've, I watched three. another one, but it wasn't that previous Monday. I can't remember when it was. Yeah, it's been three weeks. You watched three weeks in a row. Okay. Yeah, because when I asked you if you watched this week, you said you did. So it's yeah. three now. Kurt has a three-week viewing streak. My goodness. What is going <laughs> this on? This is a record for me. Yeah. Plus, I'm watching other matches like the Ray Hedge Cero versus Casas. Casas. Uh, but just my overall uh, take on it is, well, one, I don't watch as much wrestling as a lot of the you know people we're in contact with. Yeah. Um, so... Perhaps if I was watching a plethora of wrestling... You'd hate La Mascara as much as we did. Yeah. <laughs> La Mascara, I don't even hate him. I, I, I don't, I don't I hate don't, him. He's, I, I don't think, like, I would probably say, like, the one scandal would probably be the one I would, like, just because they put him in every, like, these matches. Well, he's, you saw him on there, so... Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I... I gotta say, I enjoy the Arena Pueblo shows. They are not these, like, you know, go-home firework, just awesome shows but I do have to say even in some of the opening matches where the guys maybe aren't the smoothest everybody's working pretty hard um and I'd rather watch it than Raw because they don't sit there you know chatting away on a microphone for 20 minutes at a time there's uh oh uh, this past week although everybody said it was a good Raw mm mm-hmm. I think I only got to 90 minutes because I think they started doing like this long promo and I was like, oh, okay. I and, think. and even with guys who are talented, I get I get burned out on it. Well, I think it's just a long show for me. Like, yeah, yeah. To me, it's like... And I and, and one, they're filling three hours. Yeah. I know they're probably tor- figuring you got to do that to fill a three-hour yeah. show. Oh, it was the R-Truth thing. Love the, what, what just, oh, oh, dear. Yes, yes. Like, no. Uh, and there are several guys I, <laughs> that I really kind of dug uh, Scandalo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I dug the outfit of that guy, Ray uh, Apocalypsis. They're gonna Ray Apocalypsis and Toro Bill Jr. are ta- a regular tag team. Oh, are, are they? Yeah, and they, the woman that's with them is um, Adelita. Mm-hmm. Adelita La Poblanita. I was it's, wondering what the story it's, is with it's her. It's Little Adele. Mm-hmm. That's what I. Uh, little Adele from Little Puebla. That's how I think of her when I when I think. Adelita La Poblenita, and they were um, guests on the Informa show this past Wednesday. Really? They were really good. Ray Apocalypse is a really good promo guy. And, and you know what? That that outfit he has, it is both campy but creepy yeah. at the same time. And the way they talk, it's hilarious. They were they were talking about, um, they, they asked him how long they've been a team. Mm-hmm. And Ray Apocalypse says, said, we've been a, you know, in Spanish, teammate is pareja. Yeah. But pareja not only means teammate, but it also could mean couple. Oh, okay. Remember, remember, Superboy got caught up in that. Oh, I forgot about that. that. Yes, yes. Where he said we're a good couple, and and people like laughed at him. Um, 
Well, when he said it, people got it the wrong, the other way, the couple way. Mm-hmm. So then Toro Bill Jr. is like, oh, we don't go that way. And, and Ray Apocalypse responded, hey, it's 2016. It's okay. It's, it's a new world. We could do that. Yeah, it could be a couple. No problem. Okay, I'm becoming a big fan yeah. of his. Uh, you know, they wrestled uh, Ombre, ba- Ombre Bala Jr. and Star Jr. Yeah. I like them, too. Yeah. I also like that the ending of the match was, I can't remember which heel it was, does a tope and accidentally hits what's what's your Adelita Adelita and it and that the, mistake immediately led to them getting beaten in the last fall where I see so many times where uh, the cornerman or the valet gets bonked and it's in the middle of the match and there's no reason and for she's it. actually a wrestler too um, she's um, but did you see that she was wearing long um, long um, shorts underneath so on Informa they they freeze framed it. Oh no way! And showed it, oh, and they had them discuss what was what, what type of underwear that those were. Oh, she that's cute. Like, that's very it's, cute. It's a good. I got to recap that show just because of that. Their segment, was good. <laughs> yeah, their segment was good. I really, I really like that. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, the the opening bout. Uh, skippable. Skippable, and it's, it's, it's the the original Espanto Junior. I know this sounds silly, but that guy was the greatest, one of the greatest wrestlers I ever saw. <laughs> And seeing another Espanto Jr. who cannot... And all the Espantos previous to yes. him. Yes. No, this, this guy couldn't lace the old Espanto's boots. I mean... Uh, this guy can't lace the, 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 the generic Espantos. <laughs> there's, been a, there's been several Espantos in the last several years. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's a shame that Espanto, Espanto Jr.'s career ended yeah. so tragically. But, um, well, he's related to them. Yeah, and then somebody I, was, I I I think you were the one who was raving about that I dug Shockercito. Yeah, uh, Electrico and Astral. I dug that guy. That, yeah, he's he's huge. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that that guy's got some uh, strongman mini strongman. That's right. He's got strongman juice in him. Yeah, yeah. Yes, who, and he's who he's not doing it right now. Wait till you see him when he does it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> now there, there's, no, he actually is doing. There's it. one guy. I he's not the most solid worker, but I dig this guy. Espiritu Maligno. Yeah, he's awesome. He has the coolest look. Almost, yeah. uh, he has that espectral look to yeah. him. I like him a lot. I want to see him team with Carbonario. Yes. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be cool. And uh, I, oh, you know, I like Sauron, the, the the big chubby guy that was in that match. Yes. Because he kind of reminds me of Gore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that Gore band. Because yeah, remember that that one guy who has like the. The, the headgear and all that. His the look, he, he looks cool. He yeah. just looks like cool. Not the monsters, but just the, the that one dude. There's one dude that's fat that has that man. That yeah. thing. You know, it it it, it reminded me. And it it kind of reminded me of when I used to go to San Bernardino Arena. They're not the Olympic Auditorium shows. Yeah. Uh, but I dig it. No, no, I dig that ambience in Arena Puebla. And I actually liked a lot of the workers. The funniest part was seeing the main event between Marco Corleone and Rush. And rushed. like you and I were saying... <laughs> rushed. Rushed. This match was rushed. This was funny. It, like you said, it was a it was a good match, but it was very short. But it was almost comical how short it was. It, the only thing that would have been the perfect touch was if there was a clock uh, right outside the dressing room where they punched in their time yes, clock, yes. got in there, that would have been mask, and then punched out. Yeah. I, I never saw two guys who wanted to get their match done so fast. It was so weird because even like, 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 
I know some people are like, maybe maybe it's all like they're they're reading into the whole. Maybe Rush is just losing to to Marco to like because it means something. Maybe he's going. Maybe he's leaving to WWE. Or right, something. right. But it's like no, it was actually that it was just a rushed match where they it was just like, wanted to get yeah. The, and, like, and the funniest part is I remember uh, Rush takes the first fall pretty quickly. Yeah. And the second fall he gets DQ'd. So a lot of the match he's really he he's like punking. Uh, Marco Corleone, like really dominating him, and in that third fall he gets cocky and he gets cradled and pinned by Marco Corleone. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this must be like an angle. No, I, mean, <laughs> I, I thought the purpose of the match. I figured, okay, quick match, they're going to do an angle, a challenge. But no, as soon as they're done, Rush leaves the ring, it goes into the dressing room, and. Almost as soon as he's gone, so is Marco Corleone. We got it. We got it. I pictured there being two taxis waiting outside. We, we need. Them. We need to get one of them to like look, like pretend like they're looking at a uh, at their watch and like run out like as, <laughs> as they're leaving. Oh, oh, that's, that'd be like Titani Snow. I, I just like with a um, ejecutivo. Right? Ejecutivo, yeah. yes. Oh, that would be you know, great. Just grab his briefcase and that's leave. That's right. Yeah. Take his vitamin. Yeah. Take a phone call. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think they got to do that. Uh, we got to bring up. Uh, I forgot to bring up Liga Elite. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucha Libre Elite um, switched their dates to Saturdays for this week. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. But um, they're doing a Night of Champions type of thing where they're crowning the head. They've been doing this tournament for mm-hmm. so many weeks. We knew going in when they said it was going to be every week and it was going to run for 33 weeks. Mm-hmm. We already knew that wasn't going to last right. 33 weeks. I mean, it might, but it's like Volador Jr. is going on in Japan to Japan for a month. I'm guessing they cut. I have no idea what's going on with them, but they're doing this turn, this 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 battle royale for the world championship mm-hmm. to crown their first world champion, and they're doing something for the middleweight title or something else, and it's like they basically like because the the league elite the winner was going to be the world champion, mm-hmm. so they basically just scrapped all that. <laughs> it was like, like, what are you guys doing? You just scrapped this stuff. I don't know. I don't know if they scrapped the tournament or if it's just scrapping the, the the end. I mean, I was actually surprised at how good some of the tournament matches were. It might have been the best tournament that that's they outside of Embusca de Unidolo. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a shame there. Yeah, because really outside of Embusca de Unidolo and not last year but the previous years, um, this was probably the best plan. I mean, yeah, you're gonna get some bad matches with Cibernetico and yeah. and maybe Bobby Lashley against certain guys. But it's like you were getting Volador Jr. versus Mascara Dorada, um, Ultimo Guerra versus Extreme Tiger, all these different matchups that were actually pretty good. Caristico versus um, Volador. Yes, I mean yes, you were getting some pretty good match. matches. Well, Caristico versus Ultimo Guerra. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I don't know. It's like and then and then and then they kind of like scrap the original pan- plan. It reminds me of when you were a little little kid and you want to build a fort in your backyard, and and after you know finding out how hard it is, saying. Nah, I'll just build a ladder. Because they could have still kept doing the tournament. I'm guessing maybe somebody in somebody on in the t- on the TV side must have said, you know, a tournament's not a great idea. It's like now you tell now you guys <laughs> tell them. I mean, I, I like the I like the idea enough where I would take it if CML could steal it. I would steal it because I would rather have the Liga Elite type of tournament than the those short tournaments that they do. I agree. I hate short tournaments. Why not have CML has so much wrestling? Why not have the two matches on Tuesday, two matches on Friday? That would be cool. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't that do it on. Be, don't be, do it on Sunday because you want to do something different on Sunday, or maybe you just. And, or maybe just not have to be overkill. Yeah, maybe yeah. or maybe just do it on one day. Or, yeah, you know, every week and just. I just figured you'd do it two on, think, two a week just because you don't want to last. Great, uh, great continuing narrative, and when he got down to the last two, it would actually mean something with all the other matches being solid. Yeah, because I mean, if you do it there, even like CML would be better just doing it 
because like I think in Busca, if they, if they did it the way League Elite would do it, probably last through the year, you know, really. <laughs> but I mean, the way they do it, where it's two matches every single like Tuesday and Friday, they're going through it a little quicker. It's like that's what yeah. I think it's an eight week. It's so of thing. funny because I remember when when we used to uh, years ago used to go to Tijuana. Yeah, we we, we never knew what was going to be on the show, and most of the times we were very pleasantly surprised. But every now and then. Tournament, one night tournament. We're going, oh crap! Yeah, you'd have these, you'd have these five minute matches where they wouldn't even do anything. No, they'd, they'd put each other in simple holds and then roll each other up. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I just remember the the, the most recent scene was when um, Nergo Casas was in one of those, mm-hmm. and he just got pinned. Like they only show like a thirty second clip of what he did, and it was he did nothing. Like he just, mm-hmm. you just see him getting pinned, and like the match they show a full match of um, Dallas. Versus um, somebody else, some other woman. Like, great, we get a full match of Dallas, but we don't get <laughs> Meryl Casa for thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Yeah. So yeah, there's something wrong. Yeah. There. Something wrong. No offense to Dallas. That's too. right. I I like her. Yeah. Well, um, I think that wraps up episode fifty-seven. Um, and we, we'll be back in two weeks, I think. Two weeks <laughs> it is. I'll have more Puebla to cover, and yeah. in fact, next time I'll do it in a little more detail. But. Uh, yeah, I got Puebla fever. Yeah. I got to tell you. I have Lucha Underground fever. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want guys to get hurt so often. It's like, Neither do I. Yeah, yeah. That... getting hurt all the time. Yeah, I agree. Although I don't really care because technically it doesn't happen on TV. They'll be recovered by the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well like... Lucha Underground is a thing where somebody could die and dig himself up from the grave. Well, like, in 2000, like, like Angelico got hurt. Mm-hmm. But it's like I won't know about this till like 2017. So what do I? <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. True. It affects his uh, it affects his bookings elsewhere. So he'll be healed. Yeah, he shall be healed for Lucha Underground. I yes. mean, for this stuff, it kind of sucks. Okay, well, let's aim for two weeks and uh, hope you have. And hopefully, had... we'll have more TNA updates next week. We'll have more TNA updates next show. Next show. Not next week. Two weeks, maybe. And until then, Headcats have a totally rocking two weeks and we will see you in two weeks maybe (laughs) two weeks keep on rocking